Welcome to LS with Pumar Takes. This is our 268th take live from the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studio of Azel, Texas. I'm your host, Barry Duplessis, as always, and I'm so proud, so pleased, and so privileged to be with you all tonight. This is going to be a fantastic show. Happy birthday to me. We do this every single year. I'm so excited to bring my annual birthday show live here on Facebook. And of course, if you're listening later on podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts, you get to hear it uh, probably a little bit closer to my actual birthday. But we're here to celebrate this amazing milestone with two amazing guests tonight. I'm so excited to be welcoming them in. But before we get to formal introductions, we do have to thank the people that make this show possible. That, of course, is our sponsors. And tonight's show is sponsored by Drew Estate. Drew Estate has done it once again. Jonathan Drew himself and Pedro Gomez have hosted the Liga Provada 10 Selección de Mercado events in Istanbul and all over Europe. Last month, after the uh, after the Intertobac show in Dortmund, Germany, the company's founder and president, Jonathan Drew, and global brand ambassador and factory spokesperson, Pedro Gomez, hosted events in four countries before and after the trade show to support the cigar's new release. The available only to international markets uh, selection de Mercado is handcrafted to highlight the bold characteristics of a, uh, characteristics of a specifically curated Connecticut Criollo Capital Leaf that's grown exclusively for Drew Estate by one farmer in the famed Connecticut River Valley. The cigar's name is Spanish for market selection as inspired by the old practice of selecting wrapper leaves from certain national markets by color. Drew Estate's chose only the most beautiful Rosado leaves to highlight the Selección de Mercado's bold yet deeply balanced and sophisticated espresso and earthy notes. Jonathan Drew and Pedro Gomez were shouting all the wonders about this amazing cigar last month. If you are in the international market or if you're just a Drew Estate fan like me, check out a retailer in the international market to make sure that you can get your selection in De Mercado yours today. And welcome, everyone. This is our 268th take live from the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studio of Azel, Texas. And it's with my pleasure that I welcome tonight get tonight's guests, sponsored by United Cigar. Smoke one today and start Living United, Mr. Aaron Nielsen and Mike Stephen Carriage. Gentlemen, how are we doing tonight? <laughs> <laughs> wow. We're we're doing fantastic. Um, I love Pedro Gomez. He's a fantastic person. And uh, I love the, I'm not, you know, the Drow Estate is, is, is very good there. It's very good. We're starting yeah. this off on the right foot. We're yeah. Good to, see, good to see you, gentlemen. Bear. Happy uh, early birthday. Thank you, Thank you. for uh, having us. Always a pleasure to be with you and Mr. Mike and looking forward to uh, the show tonight. He didn't even attempt yeah. the last name, Mike. Did you hear that? He's just Mr. Mike. He's just, just, just proper yeah. respect. Yeah. He's a yeah. professional, yeah. you know? Yeah. Coop, you know. Coop doesn't do it either. He just calls you hustler. I just. Aaron, Aaron lives in this world that we, we hear of, you know what I mean? It's like... <laughs> yeah. That's true. It's a true yeah. story. It's uh-huh. a true story. Yeah. You bet. <laughs> well, I, I, it sounds like you gentlemen had some coffee before tonight's show. That, so that's fantastic. So that's great to know. Mike, I hope you had some extra cereal after your workout. So it's all good. Yes. Um, but I'm so excited to welcome you guys. I do this every year. I have um, I have my birthday show and um, have to give my uh, one of my guests some grief. We normally welcome Mr. Steve Sock in as a guest. And unfortunately, this year, uh, much to his, I think, sublime, you know, 
happiness. He probably he wasn't able to make it because his schedule conflicted, unfortunately. Uh, but he's agreed to be on here in a few weeks, which is going to be fantastic. But he hates birthdays, which is kind of the joke why I welcome him back every year. But I do consider him a dear friend, as I do with the two of you. And I made it a point uh, to do my birthday show every year and invite people from the industry, of course, that I do consider dear, close friends of mine. And that's uh, that's you two gentlemen. So uh, so thank you for uh, for agreeing to be on tonight. Thank you so much for having me as option number two and for Aaron as option number five. We are okay. grateful. <laughs> the joke doesn't get old for me. <laughs> I was double digits. So for it's the, okay. For the, for, okay. So this is the fourth time we're talking about it. So we'll go ahead and do this on air. You were my first choice. I always welcome multiple guests on the show, Mike. You were first uh, choice. Yeah. And if we're being fair, Aaron was technically second choice. Okay. All right, fine, fine, Bear. I love you, Bear. I know you. Pick do. on the dumb kid. Pick on the dumb kid. It's cool. I know Whatever. you do. It's fantastic. Hey, you are enough, Bear. You are <laughs> enough. Thank you very much. So, uh, look in the spirit in the spirit of this time of year, I always kind of like to talk about the, the 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 upcoming Halloween holiday and stuff. And I think there's always fun questions to ask about it because I think it's just one of those those fun holidays. I've honestly never gotten really into the spirit since I was a kid. I don't like dressing up. It's like I don't know. It's just not one of my things. Um, but I love I love that my kids do, and I love taking them trick or treating and stuff. Like so, I mean. So, but here's an f- interesting question. How old is too old to trick or treat? Huh. I think you, I think if you can drive, you can't trick or treat anymore. So I'm going to go 15. Um, okay. I mean, if you're driving, if you're driving, um, I, I, I think that all bets are off. Because you got to walk home to home. Like, what are you going to get in your car and start driving? I mean, going trick or treating. I'm going to say 15 is, is my max. 15 is the max. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. I just made that up, but I'm just going with that. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I, I, it was, it was uh, really kind of, I don't know. It was kind of fun and fresh. It was kind of fun at the time and stuff, but we, I got my older sister to drive us to like the nicer neighborhoods after we kind of went through the neighborhood in my house, uh, in my neighborhood, we got to like, we got to know a lot of our neighbors just in our neighborhood. And so it was like, like we'd like, we'd go to five houses and then like everybody else we didn't really know. And so, then my older sister would drive us to one of the nicer neighborhoods where we could get the good candy, like the full candy bars. So my, my son, who's like, I'm a sugar hawk and he inherited that from me. Like he is, he scopes out. So we've got homes, whether I like it or not, are kind of on top of each other. So it's a great trick or treating neighborhood. So we're, we're not, we don't live on these like acreage. So we can, you can hit a lot at once. So he's come to know over the last several years, which houses have the, the, you know, the big candy bars, like the, the big, you know, uh, like Nestle crunch, the big, whatever, you know, the big Reese's pimp. So he, he double dips sometimes like, but he, he's, he's scoped that out big time. I was going to ask if you were a big candy house. Uh, I'm not because I'm too cheap because we get like way too many. And we made the mistake of one year when my kids were younger, like you put the bowl out. You know, yes. Oh, man. and then like, okay, like five minutes later, you look on your ring and two kids come in and they take the entire bowl. Right. Yeah, so it's like kids are assholes. Right. So I'm not I, probably I, 16. I, <laughs> the third year olds um, probably drove there. Yeah, they drove. <laughs> right. Hitting all the big candy houses. Uh, no, I, I stay back and uh, typically we'll smoke a cigar. I offer it to the parents that, uh, come by if they'd like a cigar never not many ever take me up on it but i stay back and monitor so that uh 
you know, I let them take two or three, but my wife's in charge of buying the candy because she says I buy the, like the, the, you know, you can't get peanut M&Ms because people are allergic to peanuts and this, that, and the other. So she's uh, in charge of the candy and I dole it out. They're properly labeled, man. I mean, seriously, like, I know. I know. It, like if a kid with an allergy like gets a peanut M&M's, he just gives it to his mom or chucks it in the trash. Yeah. I guess that's asking a lot, I suppose. Mike, what about you? Uh, you know, how old's too old for trick-or-treating? I feel like, uh, you know, I'm going to take Aaron's lead on this and say 15 is probably the right age. You how know, old were you? Old? How old were you with the last time you went? Shit, I don't know, man. Um, probably over 15, you know, running around doing stupid shit with paintball. No, you know I, what? It was, I had to be under 15. I have this feeling that like you and Greg were f- probably like buying candy fucking wholesale and selling it to the parents around your neighborhood so they could use it for trick or treating. So that- I mean, Greg probably wasn't, but I, I, you know what? I think at 15, I was already working, so yeah. I wasn't. Uh, yeah, and I was working the evenings, so there's no way that I was out trick or treating. So, um, so yeah, so it was definitely had to be before 15. But when I was younger than 15, I was doing all types of dumb shit. I mean, I had a cool paintball gun that I would bring with me, keep it in my pillow or whatever, and you know, um, shaving cream, toilet paper, all that good stuff. I was that asshole. Yeah. Um, when, how old were you was like, when was the last time you dressed up for anything like costume, like dressed up in a costume? Wait, 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 this is for Halloween. I don't want to hear any sort of your fetishes, Mike. I want to know Halloween. Well, okay. Wow. Okay. Someone's mind is in the gutter. Yeah. I didn't even go there, but all right. So that's good. Uh, Aside from that, um, (laughs) well, it's actually, it's a double parlay because, we uh, we dressed up for a Halloween party last night, and we were Peggy and Bundy, and then that was our fetish. So, boom, Aaron, how do you like that? Oh man, I love it. I love it. Yep, I love it. I love it. Call me Al. It was amazing. Hustler, uh, hustler was dressed up as the the, the shoes the shoe hustler from <laughs> Children. Yeah, I, was, I was the shoe hustler. It's amazing. But yeah, so I mean, to be honest, I would still dress up on Halloween if my kids did the family theme on that, but they're starting to, to pull away from it. They actually just kind of fucked us is what they did this year. They, they didn't want to do anything together. And then nightmare before Christmas has become this theme in the house for my little girl. She was watching it all the time. So she wanted to be the girl in nightmare before Christmas. Her name's Sally. So then because she opted in for that, then my son, who was going to be John Wick, which is totally age appropriate at 10, he decided to be Jack Skellington. Yeah, he decided to be Jack Skellington. And because he decided to be Jack Skellington and she was Sally, the other one said, you know what, I'll be Oogie Boogie. So now they're all themed and we're out. And I'm like, you motherfuckers. We wanted to do something where we were all the same thing together, and you just pretty much axed us from that equation. So, so yeah, we're gonna be something better. We're gonna be we're gonna be loving parents for Halloween. How's that sound? I mean, not Very. that not that anyone would recognize you probably, but some of well, one of you could dress up as Tim Burton. I mean, yeah, that's true. I mean, you kind of do have his hair is all over the place, but you've cut it shorter, so 
Yeah, you normally could spike it up and stuff like that. But you've got yeah. To- well, I'm trying to grow this this out up top. It's getting thinner as I'm getting older now. So I don't know. We'll see. It's taking some time. I would love to have your version of thin hair, and I'm using the air. Yeah, right. For people listening later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, thinner says the guy with the per- perfect hairline. Yeah, <laughs> people wonder why I wear a hat all the time. Um, it's getting up there. I'm I'm approaching five head instead of four head. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I've always got. It, I still have the power. I got the power alleys right in here, like as you know. Yes, the power alleys. I like that. Mm-hmm. Aaron's got the perfect head of hair for his pastime, which is golf. So for the visor, so he's got the perfect hair for the just the flop over the top of the visor. Yeah, and and people are like, because I got gray, right? And so people are like, because they see my blonde hair, and like they're like, do you dye your hair? I'm like, listen, if I fucking dyed my hair, I'd dye the gray, right? Like, why in the hell would I dye the top of my hair and not dye the gray on the side of my hair? Like, no, I don't dye my hair. <laughs> yes, it's very rock star of you, and I had no idea that you, you dyed that. <laughs> you can tell I, I, I'm I'm over it now. It's clearly I'm no, it's not pent up anger at all. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I've moved on from it. Yeah, right. clearly, clearly. Well, something we can't move on until we uh, we do take care of a little business tonight. So uh, uh, since uh, you're thoroughly convinced that you were the second choice, which was not true, Mike, you get to pick my first cigar for the evening. So I've got a nice lineup here that I think you'll approve of. Um, yes. So for starters, your first choice uh, is the Postania Connecticut Toro. That one. The. Can we at least hear the choices? <laughs> we'll go with that one so it looks like mike's picking his connecticut i do have a um romacraft baca poke that was uh procured from uh a one's website uh called cigarhustler.com so check it out oh, we'll get... i heard good things about that. uh good stuff good stuff um and the uh that the, the, the apparently he was going to shut down just before me just before uh the, the show started but not really it's up everybody go go order your cigars at cigarhustler.com uh <laughs> pastania habano and also the uh, SBC 22. Oh, so, you got that one. That's right. Oh, You've so, held that. Yes, I have. Because, yes, this it's, it was very special. It's very special indeed. Okay. Damn. That's, uh, I forgot. They, I figured you'd have smoked that by now. Oh, I man, still it's... think you got to go Connecticut Toro. I do. And have you smoked oh. yet today? I actually have not. All right. So, yeah, you got to go Connecticut Toro. All right. There you go. We're so, Bear, since it's your birthday, and this is what I was going to smoke anyway, I'm going to smoke the exact same thing right now. Cool, fantastic. What, uh, Mike? Are you on your 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 annual or your annual your nightly Neanderthal, or what have your what are you smoking tonight? No, you know, um, I prepared for I was this podcast, so I wanted to. I was going to innocently, shamelessly plug the war bear that I'm smoking now, and then I'm actually going to move on to the Quint. The Quinquagenario. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, I really, really like this cigar, and it was just kind of calling to me. All the Neanderthals that I have here it usually are like unbanded and stuff, too. So I didn't think that it would be podcast appropriate. Well, yeah, let's get the branding out there. Blair, do you know? Do you notice he does that subtly? Like, oh, I've got my unbanded, meaning he's got the special shit. Unlike, he's got the dope like yeah. me. Yep. Unlike dopes like me, all mine are banded. So, like most, you know, purveyors of my, of fine cigars, like myself, I have to smoke the banded ones. You show off and say, "Oh, I, you know, mine are these are a special blend." I don't want to show off. That's it's not a special blend. I'm actually providing a service to you, sir. I am smoking <laughs> the cigars that are slightly damaged or looked off 
or way too much or way too little, but yeah. they still are in existence. There are Neanderthal Segundos. They exist. Are you fucking every, kidding? How the fuck is Skipping holding out off on us? Every man? every cigar has Segundos, and you know I'd pay quality. damn I'd pay damn near full price for those. Yeah, you know what? I gotta be honest. I there hasn't been a single one with an issue. So you know, they just look a little different. Yeah, you know. Sure, Skip. Skip would tell you the problem with them. That's why he puts them in the, those little packs for you. Yeah, you're a good I mean, eye for that stuff. You can see it if you if you look. You could say, okay, I understand why this one didn't make the cut, but they taste damn good to me. So yeah. everything everything that's really kind of in my humidor at this point is I try my best. I try my best to smoke Solis Segundo. So it's uh, Postani Connecticut Toro is in there right now. Box Press War Bear Segundos is in there. And, you know, the Neanderthal is, is my jam. And HNs have been awful thin lately. I haven't, you know, I'm waiting on some more to come in. So what's, uh, what's, what's, what's your brother's go to Pistano? I should have asked him this one time, but what does he like to store? He likes the, that's right. I did actually ask him that. That, that I was going to say it was the Habano. Okay. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, I've really, I've really been, favoring that over the broadleaf lately i don't know why not that the broadleaf is anything to sneeze at um, or anything negatively it's just i've been really been really digging the habano lately it's yeah it's a, i mean it's the the habano for me is the one that's the first brainchild that i blended or whatever you want to call it and um so i you know i agree i think the habano is better than the broadleaf i do smoke a lot i have been smoking a lot of the broadleaf corona gorda I really like that size, obviously. I think that everybody, every cigar geek likes that size. And plus, Patrick gave it shit all over it on half wheel. And he's on a bit of a tear as of late. Skip and I were just recently talking about this. I don't know why he's reviewing Broadleaf if he doesn't like Broadleaf. It doesn't really make much sense to me. Right. It's like saying, you know, we're going to have a like a vegan review a steak or some shit. <laughs> you know, Hey, I, I'm I'm not really a fan of this. I don't really like this, but I'm gonna review it anyways. And I love Patrick. I don't know. It's maybe he's just maybe the industry's finally gotten to him. Maybe he's just angry. He's finally he's finally become jaded. It's, it is fine. He's you know he hung out a little bit longer than than I had anticipated, and now he hates the cigar industry. So. It only took me one PCA, and I I, I got flipped. <laughs> like you know what fuck this <laughs> was it was it was not enough free samples for Aaron. he was just like well fuck this bullshit it's the only reason i'm here well you realize how many people are just so full of themselves or completely full of shit you're just like oh, okay buddy well i you know what i i realized among other things but on that that line um how do I put, so I've been fortunate to meet a lot of famous people, right? And they carry, not everyone, several people carry themselves as if they're like Taylor Swift walking down the street, right? And they're, you're supposed to be recognizing it's like these famous people and their shit doesn't stink. And it's like, hate to tell you, but yeah, you're, you're, well known in this little niche industry we got going on here, but right. you're a big fish in a small pond. So let's kind of slow the roll down a little bit. Right. It's yeah, funny. Go yeah, go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, you're right. You got it. Go ahead. 
No, I was just I, it's funny you say that, Aaron, because like I think that I, I think that there is a lot of ego in this industry, but I also think there's a lot of humility too, which is I think it, it's it's almost like the extremes for the most part. Like well, I, I think, think I, like I think Mike falls into this category of just like of of just supremely like humble people, and like you know, but. Yeah, to, to Mike's point about like, or or your point, Aaron, about just like being not well known, it, it blows my mind that like someone who's you know, cre you know, basically been the face and bolstered a brand like Arturo Fuente, Carlito Fuente could walk down a street, you know, and and, and almost nobody would recognize him. George Pedroza, or George, no one would know them. But yeah, I, I will tell you this though that I think that my sample size of running into these to people at PCA is not the right sample because typically if I've met individuals at, a, at a, an event or something else like that outside the PCA, completely different. Right. right. Um, so can't go off of just the, the persona or the, the way that they comport themselves at PCA versus the way that a lot of folks do. If you get them one-on-one -on -one or at a different venue, so that it's probably not a fair only judging them off of a PCA. I, yeah, I think that's, I think that's, there's some truth to that. I mean, they are, they are in the middle of what, you know, their world and they are the, they are the rock stars of it too. So it, it helps, but uh, yeah, I, I think it's almost like there's almost nobody in the middle. Well, it's like, like when I walk up to Mike at PCA, he's like, dude, don't talk, get away from me. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm nice. too busy right now. Who I mean, are you? Who are you? Wait, listen, I got people you can talk to over here. I'm, I'm just get away. Do you have an appointment? <laughs> no oh no, yeah. no he, couldn't, he have... couldn't do that he couldn't do that this year because palmer didn't go to pca this year so he couldn't pawn, he couldn't pawn us off on palmer listen punk i don't have free samples now get out of my face yeah you didn't get any sorry, samples sir. from mike i did sorry sir he had to leave early that's true yeah. he did have to leave early which is kind of a bummer but i took him yep yeah, it's always good to hang but yeah i had a but unfortunately but here we are you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. But it was you know? the time I was there. It was fun. That's it. That's it. Well, that will lead us gentlemen into tonight's <laughs> major point, which is always brought to you by the people. Yes. Cigar people, the people who know everything about a lifetime of service protocol cigars is more than just pool parties and good times. Well, Maybe it is. But behind the fun is a motivation for service, a motivation for giving back. From the original Protocol Blue to the latest release in the Lawman series, Phoebe Cousins Protocol has always been about honor, passion, and yes, the people. It's what their life's work has been and always will be about. Power of the P Protocol Cigars. So, gentlemen, the, uh, the main, one major topic tonight is birthdays. And later this week, I'll be celebrating quite the milestone. At least that's what they tell me. I will be leaving the 30s behind, and I will be turning 40 years old later this week. So, apparently, I'm supposed to, apparently I'm supposed to go through a midlife crisis. So, I'm going to start looking at sports cars next weekend, see how that goes, see if I can magically afford it. You know, let's go borrow one of Aaron's. That's true. I guess suppose I, I could do that. Take whatever you want on drive. I mean, you got like a lot. You just just take whatever you need. I don't. There's no mind. Monday, you could take Tuesday. You could take Wednesday. Totally. Whichever one you want to do, dude. Totally. <laughs> well, since the birthday's Thursday, I think I'll have to take the Thursday car. Which one am you I getting? The, is that the Lambo or the Ferrari? That's the blue Ferrari. Thursday, is the blue Ferrari. Okay, I was really hoping for the Bentley because I like to class it up. You know, that's Saturday. 
That's nice Saturday. Saturday. I'm sorry. It's Sunday. It's Sunday. Sunday cars. The Sunday cars. I get them mixed up sometimes, Aaron. Okay, Mike. I get Saturday's the Saturday's <laughs> the McLaren. Uh, well, good, uh, good stuff. So, like, I wanted to take you guys back to your last milestone birthday, whether it was you know forty or thirty or twenty or whatever, um, and or a, just a milestone birthday, not necessarily the last one, but just a milestone birthday that you remember that was really fantastic, and uh, like you really you know, just, you really enjoyed it. It was a great celebration, whatever it was. What was that age? Was it when it was 30, 35, 20, 25, whatever it was, what was that for you, Aaron? And uh, what did you, what did you do on that day? Yeah, well, I got a big mile. I'm turning 50 here in a month. So that'll be a big milestone for me, the big five zero. But uh, if I look back, I mean, shit, probably 21. I mean, I, the other ones, like I was, so I've got four kids and I had my, we had my, my oldest daughter who, what is she now? I can't even, uh, 20, 19. So, I mean, I was 31, right? Basically. Um, and everything past having kids is such a blur. Like you don't focus on yourself. Like my birthdays, like even my 40th, it was kind of like, you know, we didn't, I'm not a big one for, so my wife was talking about my 50th coming up. She's like, do you want to, I was going to have a, party but she's like you realize you're paying for it and they're drinking all the booze i'm like yeah uh i'm not doing it because the people i want to hang out with i talk to and hang out with anyway i'm not going to hang out with you know 40 people that i barely talk to anymore come drink and act like they want to be there to drink my free booze so uh all those birthdays from like having kids onward are kind of a blur to me i mean just because yeah. I spent so much time focused on them so i'm going to say my 21st because not that <laughs> Not that I wasn't drinking prior, um, but uh, that was at a point <laughs> where it was like, you know what? Um, it just seemed like you didn't have to worry about drinking anymore, buying booze anymore. It was like, all right, I'm old enough. I I, um, I was still in college, you know, good times. And uh, so that was probably my favorite birthday that I can remember. Not that I remember much of my 21st, but in theory, uh, probably looking back at the 21st, like I said, outside of that, the rest of them were kind of a blur. Mm. I, think, I think too and i think you were talking about the milestone like midlife crack whatever <clears throat> not that i've got all this wisdom by any stretch but i just think um it's just like a number right i always look at it in your own i, I don't feel like i'm going to be 50 i mean i really don't like i like i played golf that i carried my bag walked 18 holes like you, you, it's kind of a mindset right i mean mm -hmm. i know people that are 50 they're you know basically bedridden almost and then there's others that are running you know marathons and marathons, stuff so yeah. i think it's just a, a number i don't lift like mike i mean he can you know bench press like four four fifty five hundred i don't want to say short mike but i mean nobody lifts like me bro nobody. i know right you're big you're it's feel, fucking huge i feel i feel like mike's gonna be like a powerlifting champion when he's 80 years old he's gonna set records and shit but um the it's funny you mentioned about after kids uh, it definitely for me, cause my youngest was born two days, you know, his birthday is two days before mine. So he, we're celebrating his birthday on Tuesday. And so it's just like, I'm like, well, yep, my birthday didn't really matter much anymore. Anyway, it really doesn't matter any much anymore now post kids. So, but, uh, but I'm excited for him. He's, he's excited for his birthday. He's at the age now, uh, where he actually knows it's his birthday and he's like really excited about it. So it's, I'm, I'm stoked. I'm stoked for him. So. What about you, Mike? Last milestone birthday or best well, first, milestone? First of all, Aaron, the one thing I want to say, it, the one thing about getting older, even though you may not feel that way, is that you're definitely sounding like you're getting a little more curmudgeon because you don't want to share your booze with anybody and fuck all that, you know, and you're probably yelling at people on your yard at this Get point. Get off my lawn. Get off my lawn. 
<laughs> but uh, get off my line um, unless you unless you have free samples, and then I'm yeah, right. bring something. Yeah, then come on, sit down. Uh, you know, I the last it's not a milestone one for me to be honest, but my last birthday really felt pretty special to me. It I didn't do anything crazy. It was my 39th birthday. We had people down in the, in the private lounge, and you know, Brittany put it all together. But I would say that I have a lot of really cool friends and they're all from different realms now in my life. Like I have my football coaching dads and just regular dads that I've developed friendship with and maybe some dads from school. And then I have my gym friends that, that I've developed friendship with. And then I have my cigar friends and my cigar people. And they're all like these three different worlds for me. And to kind of bring them all together at the same time in the same place was really, really special for me. And I, and I felt really good about that because, you know, I don't know, it's, it was just so it was just so cool that these people are all in different walks of life right now. They all have different experiences. Some of them are way younger than me. Some of them are way older than me. Some of them are my age experiencing similar things with their kids. So. Uh, it was fantastic. It was a, it was just an overall great feeling to have these like these three worlds and to have them all put together at the same oh, time. That does sound cool. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I had a similar experience for my thirtieth birthday. Uh, you know, Chris threw me a, a, a awesome a leaving. It was a Roaring Twenties theme. You know, leaving the twenties around behind, and so that was a lot of fun. And I had, you know, friends, I had friends, I had family and we, they all came together, which was really nice and smoked cigars and, and, you know, we were all dressed at theme and stuff like that. I wore a tux. It was pretty cool. Nice. It was a lot of fun, man. A lot of fun. So, um, so I think we already got Aaron's opinion. It sounds like on this next question. So I guess Mike will ask you, and if you want to change your position or, <laughs> or, re, or qualify it by any stretch, uh, Aaron, you can, but do you think birthdays are overrated? Cause again, in honor of Steve Saka, who wasn't able to be here tonight, um, he obviously does. Uh, he thinks that they're, um, well, I don't want to quote him out of context, but, uh, overrated is probably a good sum up of how he feels about birthdays. So, yeah. but, uh, what about you, Mike, do you feel that they're overrated? I don't. I think that it's cool for any reason. Listen, if there's any time we can get together and celebrate something and have a good time, let's do it, man. Life is too short. There's so much bullshit that we got to deal with every day, day in and day out. You know, life is suffering, man. Life is suffering, right? And purpose of life is to find the meaning within the suffering. I think that was Nietzsche or some shit. So, and that makes sense. That resonates well with me. So if we can celebrate something, even if it's just, hey, I survived one more year, then fucking hey, man, you know, let's do, let's do what let's do what you want to do. Let's let's hang out. Let's have a good time. Let's create some memories. So I don't believe that it's. Uh, listen, if you're gonna be, if you you know, everything agitates Saka. You know, that's Saka. Very, that's true. Uh, hey, you know what? And and I don't think they're overrated at all. Like, we got one life and. It goes by fast. It, it goes by really fast. And if you can't, um, you know, it, it's funny. So I was talking, I was sitting there, I had a conversation with a friend of mine and it's like, you know, you, you look back about birthdays and it came up of like, what would you tell you yourself at 20 or 18 or what? You I know, love when you're this young? question. I love it. 
And, and I, I think I would look back and I would say three things. One, number one is don't sweat the small stuff, right? Because it's life is way too short. Be kind and be honest. You can do those three things. Like that's how I kind of try to live my life every day. Like be kind, be honest, and just don't sweat the small stuff. And it's like when, when somebody says something like, you know, somebody will spout off of the mouth and it'd be like, well, listen, take a step back. Was it kind? Was it honest? Was it necessary? If, if you can, if you can check those boxes and if it says, yes, you, you were being kind, it was honest and it was necessary, then okay. Then talk. Otherwise it's kind of like, uh, why don't you load your brain before you shoot your mouth? Right. Yeah, man, that's I, right. yeah, absolutely, dude. I feel like you live like like I, you know, don't want to speak for you, but I feel like you live your life by a similar mentality. All our conversations we've ever had, like, don't sweat the small stuff. Try not to. I mean, look, I mean, I do all the time, but but you know what though? Here's here's the the key that I found. This we're going way deep here, and you know, he's quoting Nietzsche over here, so we're getting deep. <laughs> yeah, I was like, <laughs> we, we 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 dove off the deep end like you know five minutes ago, Aaron. We're good. Keep going. But I, I think um, I, I think if you can bring your um, consciousness, meaning consciously being kind, consciously doing the next right thing, consciously helping others, think you know, think less about yourself. If you can consciously, or if you can unconsciously do that your life will be better. Consciously, you and I can all just sit here and we can say, consciously, I'm going to be kind. Consciously, I'm going to go do this. You know, you, you, you put a thought behind it. But if you unconsciously are kind to people, unconsciously, you're telling it the truth. Unconsciously, you're trying to do something nice for somebody else. Then you live a pretty fulfilling life. I think the, the more that you can do for others, you get that tenfold back in spades. Um, it's the, the people that are selfish self-centered like we were talking about before that just are in it because they want you know they're chasing and they're constantly want the next thing it's like dude next thing you know you're you're 75 you look back and you're like what'd you do it all for like what you know i don't know that's my opinion no so true man you know and i'm sure that your reputation precedes you wherever you go because that's how you've lived your life right people know better better the last 10 years Kids, kids have a funny way of humbling you and being, you know, that that's the selfishness, right? I mean, for so long, you're chasing, whether it's the next job or the next whatever, you truly, as you both have kids, it's like, that's the time where you become unselfish and you just start thinking about somebody else more than you start thinking about yourself, right? A hundred percent, man. I can't so remember true. the last time I watched the live sporting event, because usually because I'm watching stupid shit like Pac Patrol or something. Anyway, don't, don't worry. Mike's got it up on the corner. You can see what he's looking up. He's watching the mind. I know. I live vicariously through that. So I catch my shit like my life on replay or, or, uh, or like I have it on in another room and I go in and catch highlights or, or, you know, like today I just, you know, pay attention to our text chain is, you know, Coop is dogging my head coach and kicking me while I'm down. You know, that's pretty much well, how I, I catch think, up on know, my sports. Somebody told me the other day that they don't want to be a bad memory in a cemetery. Right. So like it, it kind of encapsulates like you're you're taking the we all take the dirt nap at some point. Right. But you don't want to be that bad memory in a cemetery. You want to you know, you don't want to be walking down the aisle of Target and given like the oh shit here. This person comes. What the hell did I say or do? Whatever. It's like you can. Fuck, Brian's coming. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. exactly. 
Dane, Dane Cook's contribution to society is actually telling the world about Karens before they were a thing and fucking Brian's coming. It's the only, it's fantastic. It's like the best bit everyone about how everybody has that friend in a girlfriend group. And if you don't know who that friend is, it's you. Yeah. Fucking Brian's coming. Damn it. Uh, good stuff. Uh, all right. So the, the next question I thought about, so I, I happen to know if I, there's a several events in history that happened on my birthday. Uh, and you, I, I had sent this over to you guys. And if you all don't know of one on yours particular, but do you, do any of you know a famous event that happened on your birthday? Well, I cheat like normally I do. Like when you guys ask me a uh, presidential trivia, I don't cheat on those. But um, so I cheated. I knew a couple of them, right? Because I mean, you, I've had it before. People have said, "Hey, on this day." So I cheated and looked, but I knew a couple of them. But I mean, mine's mine's all political stuff. I mean, it's not, I don't have anything like cool. Hmm. Well, tell us one at least. I mean, shit. Yeah, let's go. All right. Well, on this day. In 1620, oh, that's political. Yep, 41 male passengers on the Mayflower prior to landing at Plymouth, Massachusetts, signed the the Mayflower Compact by which they agreed to abide by the laws of the new government they would establish. How about that? Nice. That's That's pretty Mm -hmm. full. That's pretty political. I mean, they were they were seeking religious asylum, so there you go. So then, and then the other the other on this on today it's a famous u2 song sunday bloody sunday mm-hmm. you know from my, that was on my on my birthday november 21st okay yeah good stuff i'm cheating right now and um it, there's nothing really good uh, you know apparently uh charles and uh, lady di got married and uh let's see international atomic energy agency was established in 1957 so there's that yeah, <laughs> you got that going for you. Yeah, yeah, which is nice. It's nice. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, nothing, nothing crazy, man. Bombs and monarchs, dude. How is that not cool, Mike? <sighs> it's fitting for me, I guess. <laughs> That's my next le action. Yeah, there you go. Bombs yeah, and bombs and monarchs. and monarchs. It better be. I fucking better see that shit. <laughs> there you go. I don't want any royalties off that bullshit either, man. Bombs and monarchs. Uh, fantastic. Well, um, mine was actually pretty cool. I'm, I'm, I'm a big uh, history fan, as everyone knows. Uh, but one of one of my favorite pastimes was watching um, Western, specifically John Wayne movies with my father growing up. And we saw every single one of them uh, growing up and everything. But uh, but my you know, I fell in love with the old West, obviously, like most kids do. They want to play, you know, they want to be a cowboy and all that other stuff. But uh, yeah, in, on my birthday, on October 26, 1881, uh, Wyatt Earp and Doc Holliday and uh, uh, Wyatt's brothers, uh, Virgil and uh, Morgan. Uh, went down and shot it out with some uh, outlaws known as the Cowboys at the OK Corral. So that happened. OK on my Corral. Yes, in 1881. So uh, great movie. Great movie. Wyatt Earp, not as good, but still a very fantastic film with Kevin Costner, I would like to say. But Tombstone is the superior film. It really is. Because it's, yeah. you know. No last no he can do it, Mike. Val Kilmer, Val Kilmer puts in the, the performance of his lifetime in Tombstone. They just didn't have the theme music, bro. You know what I mean? You got the commentary on loop, dude. I got on loop since I talked to you. Dude. I loop that shit when I work. I loop it. It's amazing. Fast. Nike capitalized on it as well back in the day. If you look it up, if you look up the Nike commercial, Nike leave nothing. There's an N. They have an NFL. Uh, 
a whole commercial themed to that song. Which song? So, I'm sorry. Uh, from Last of the Mohicans. Oh, okay. Yeah, Promontory. That's it. Thank you. It's in my workout. It's on my, you know, on my list for music that I hear all the time, right? And, um, but if you, it's, it is it, like the ball travels from person to person through fumbles and all the stuff. And then it defensively travels the other way. It's, um, it's probably the best commercial footage I've ever seen. If you re- watch it, you're like, damn, that was, somebody was really high when they put that together. <laughs> I have to look it up. Yeah. Nike leave nothing commercial. Nice. Um, is it the, on the topic of, um, I guess on the topic of birthday, still going with this and everything, you know, I think that, um, you know, not, not to segue on the too extreme about the gift that, that, uh, that Mike gave you Aaron, but with the song and now it's like on the loop for you, but you know, gifts are important parts of birthdays, or at least traditionally speaking and everything. And I think, you know, gifts come in all kinds of sizes and shapes and, you know, sentiment or non-sentimental and things like that. But what was the, you know, what was one of the best presents you ever received on your birthday? Mm. This is a kid, this is a um, family show, so I'll, I'll keep it uh, clean. Okay. Mm. <laughs> All right, I'll give you one. I was thinking about this. So my my uh my dad missed most of my birth a lot of my birthdays, right? I mean, and then you get older and you're not well, why? What was he what was he doing? What the fuck was he doing, man? <laughs> Probably taking out the trash or something like that. <laughs> but uh when I was younger, I think I was in probably around fifth or sixth grade, Dukes of Hazard was like the bomb, right? You know, Bo and Luke Duke you know, Daisy still, you know, obviously, um, I got this, uh, I don't know. It was like a toy. Pair, it was a, pair it was of Daisy house. Dukes. That's what he got. Keep going. Yeah. Sorry. I got, yeah. Um, but it came like car and you could like jump and it like did all this stuff. And he, he was at my birthday and then he had to leave like half hour, 45 minutes into my birthday party at Chuck E. Cheese, but I got the Dukes of Hazard house. And so still remember that. That's, that's cool. Um, you know, with just interesting question there to follow up there with Aaron, I know that, you know, with your dad being so busy and all while you were growing up and him not being there for some special events and stuff, did it make those moments, like you said, I mean, he was only there for 30 minutes Did it make moments like that, like that much more special for you. I guess I don't probably piss me off more than anything else. I mean, you're a kid, right? You don't know. I mean, you don't know whether my dad was a musician or, you know, was a plumber or whatever it may be, you just wanted to spend time with them. So sure. kind of a double-edged sword, right? It was like, yeah, it meant a lot to me that I got that. But it was like, I would have taken the gift back if he would have stayed an extra half hour. Right. So, you know, it's like, yeah, I guess it, it makes it special in a way. Cause it's a memory obviously that I have and I have fond memory of it, but Look, man, I'm fucked up. So, so there's a reason I'm fucked up it's because you know you grow, you grow up in the lifestyle I did. So it's a double-edged sword. But I, I think you take the you know you, I always hear you know your parents do the best they can with what they know. My dad was an only child, and uh, he didn't really know how to parent. I mean, I'm not throwing my dad on a bus. So you know I, we've talked about. It. I mean, he was an only child. Like he. I mean, there was Thanksgivings where like his parents would drive by the house, put his Thanksgiving dinner in a, in the mailbox and keep driving. Like he didn't, I mean, he grew up 
only child parents never really, you know, he didn't know any better. So he didn't know how to parent. And so, you know, you, you kind of look back and now I try to parent differently than he did. Right. Mm -hmm. So you, you learn through the generation. So you, you appreciate it, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it is what it is, right. They did the best they did or could with what they knew. Well, you know, that memory was so, it's so vivid for you. And I think that like, you know, you know, I don't want to speak for your dad or anything, but that was probably a big considering that the harsh childhood that he had and not knowing, you know, what he, what he needed to know as a parent, you know, that, that 30 minutes on his, on your birthday, where he gave you that really special gift that probably, that probably felt like, that's probably a memory he still has that that's pretty fond as well. You know, I'm going to turn to like a Barbara Walters special here. I'm going to get on the couch and let's <laughs> unpack that. Let's unpack that. <laughs> let's peel the layers of the onion back a little bit, Aaron. So wait, let's find the thing behind the thing. Like why? I, I, that's really the theme of my show, Aaron. So like, no, but I think that that, I mean, not to get too deep here, but I think that that the, the memories that we have of our parents and to your point, Aaron, about the differences that we try to make in our children's lives as opposed to them and stuff. And I, I you know, um, I had a great childhood. I say that all the time. And it, it shocks me to this day that my dad is still disappointed the way that he fathered me. And I, I don't get that. I, I, I really he gave a fuck. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I a hundred percent Mike, but it's, it's, you know, he did the best with what he could. We didn't have a lot of money growing up and he couldn't get me the Dukes of Hazard house. Not that I wanted it, but like, there were a lot of things that I wanted that you're not 50. Yeah. Well, true, but there were a lot of things that, right. The Ninja Turtles. Exactly. Yeah. There were things that I wanted that he couldn't, you know, that he and my mother couldn't afford. And, and, and it, you know, that still haunts him. Like, cause he still talks about it, you know? Yeah. And, um, that makes sense. It's just, it's very sad. I'm like, dad, you don't remember the fun that I had on my birthdays and things like that. Cause those are, I mean, to Aaron's point, it was time. My dad was able to give me time and, you know, that's the, that's the stuff I remember and that I, that I cherish. So. Well, your dad did, he did well, right. He did well as a father, but a good father still looks at all the mistakes that he made and said, man, I could have did this better. Right. A good person. Yeah, sure. you know? I, always, yeah. I always, so Mike, that's so true. I always, it's a stupid golf analogy, but let's say for those golfers out there, let's say you make eight birdies. Mm-hmm. And I don't think about the eight birdies. I always think about the one bogey I fucking made. That bogey, like, God right? damn it. Damn it. You know, dunked in the water or whatever. You don't think yeah. about the good shot. You always harp on the, the shit that you could have done better. Yeah. Yeah. And that just shows the, the character and the, and the principles that, that you have. So it makes total sense to me why he would do that. I would be the same way. And, and I think Aaron would be the same way. Mm-hmm. You know? So... Just do the best we can. That's all you can do. Yeah. As long as you're showing up and trying your best to put in the work, then you know that, you know, you could always do better. I guess, you know, I just, if, right. if you like, you know, Kobe gets off the fucking, he'd get off the court and he'd say, okay, damn. Okay. What sports? He wouldn't look at his points. He wouldn't look at his rebounds. He'd look at where he made his fucking mistakes, the turnovers and all this other shit. It's like, damn, I could have did this better. I could have did this better. And you know, and, of course, it, it, you don't have to be a a, 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 a sport champ or, uh, you know, a person of that level to have that those type of principles. So, 
your dad you know you telling me that bear just simply states to me, he's like yeah well your dad's obviously a good dude and he gave yeah. a fuck yeah no my, my my father was a good man uh is my audience knows he's been very sick for a number of years now and um it's uh you know i tell him all the time i'm like it's the it's those you know it's the times that he that showed up which was all the time you know he never missed a game right and you know that's what i try to be for for my son it's just like you yeah, know, but he's you, constant cheerleader and stuff because it was think great about it too. think about it too like you will you will you will you will forget what people say to you but you'll never forget the way they make you feel yeah that's true mm. yeah that's what absolutely mike what about you best uh, best gift you ever got i gotta be honest dude i have no fucking idea i don't remember a single one there isn't one growing up there isn't one currently <coughs> there just isn't you know um i mean if we're gonna if we're gonna unpack my childhood would probably sucked too you know um my dad was always gone he was working um or drinking so and I love my dad, but he, that's what he did. And eh, my mom didn't really give a shit. So, you know, I couldn't tell you. There, there wasn't, there, I wouldn't say, yeah, this is a good memory of this. I don't have it. It doesn't exist. So, um, I, you know, my good memories are the memories that I have now with the, the wife that I have and the kids that I have and the friends that I have. So, and I could really give a fuck about any type of materialistic thing. It's just not a... It, it doesn't matter to me. So um, that's really, I mean, I'm just being 100% honest with you. I'm shocked um, by your answer, Mike. I wasn't expecting anything in this vein at all. So out of left field. So yeah. so open all of a sudden. Where is this coming from? Yeah. <laughs> Let's unpack that, Mike, can we? I Dude, you know, I, I don't think there's, you know, you ever see Airplane? Yeah. Where the guy starts having the conversation, you know, the other person starts gassing themselves to light the match. Set themselves <laughs> that would be my therapist. <laughs> like you know what? just give me this one second i gotta fucking excuse me serious i speak jive <laughs> yes jaw don't want none jaw don't get none i'm gonna fucking take a bit of bone jack <laughs> shit golly <laughs> let, the, let the ref record reflect that you know we were talking about something deep and now we're going into airplanes so there's 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 no limitation to the fun that we can have i just want to point My that says you played no defense <laughs> Shit. <laughs> yeah, listen, pal. <laughs> you tried lugging Lamb, Walt and Lambeer up down the court. <laughs> you tell your dad. <laughs> tell me, Timmy. <laughs> Do you like water slides or whatever the fuck you said? <laughs> you ever been to a Turkish prison? Have you ever been to a Turkish prison? Prison, yeah. You ever seen a grown man naked? Surely oh. I'm serious. I am serious and quit calling me Shirley. Shirley. All right. Well, uh, it sounds like this next question is going to fall on deaf ears considering this, the, some of the childhood moments y'all had. So, but, but just in general, let's talk about not just childhood, but as an adult too. thoughts about candles on a cake, pro con indifferent candles on a cake, blowing out candles, the tradition the age old tradition of doing that. How do we feel about it? Me. Okay. I'm me. Um, I'm a fucking maniac when it comes to the candles. So we have, we buy this ridiculous candle uh, for everybody in our house. At this point, it, it lights up, it expands, it spins, it sings happy birthday. It doesn't stop. The kids get to smash it. 
Um, yeah, we we like that. And every person, not only does that happen with the candle, but after we're done singing happy birthday, I launch a fucking cannon that confettis the shit out of the house. And uh, it's loud. And so, so, and everybody here gets scared. Like they should know at this point that it's coming. But you're being dead serious. You actually do this. Yeah. yeah oh, we my go, God. We go awesome. pretty hard in the paint, dude. We don't fuck around. Um, yeah. So uh, I'm a, I'm a fan of everybody's day should be celebrated. Yeah. We want it to be special. Well, let's have a good time, man. God damn it. Fucking come hell or high water. So, Listen, I don't care if I'm broke as fuck. We're buying that candle and you're getting the confetti, you know? So I wish I got to find the we should. I wish Costco would offer it in some type of bulk purchase. Yeah. You know? So candles, sure. I'm for them. That's going to be the that's going to be the special inclusion of part of the the next LE bombs and monarchs. It's going to come with a confetti cannon. Bombs and monarchs come with your brand, Bombs you know, your, your very own confetti cannon from Pasania Cigars. Uh, Aaron, what about you? Candles on a cake. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't go. I mean, I, I clearly am like amateur night at the Apollo over here compared to what <laughs> Mike got going on. I think we all are at this point here. And so it's fine. Yeah. But uh, yeah, absolutely. We, we've graduated out from the the. A certain age that just don't fit, so we get like the one and the eight or the the, the two and the whatever, you know. But yeah, you gotta go candles. You gotta sing happy birthday, blow out the candles for sure. Mm-hmm. Even if it's a even if it's a cupcake, like my one son doesn't like cake, so we he like so for example, he just turned eighteen um, on the seventeenth at a party surprise party from last night. It was hilarious. Like his friends were all down the basement. He freaked out. Like had no idea it was coming. Um, oh, that's awesome. But he doesn't like. Uh, he doesn't like cake. So my wife did uh, chocolate chip cookies and stacked them up and put a candle on top of the chocolate chip. cookies. Oh, so you got to do the candle. Yeah. I, yeah, I think the can, yeah, you have to do candles on a cake. Um, I'm not even the biggest cake fan either. Um, but I, my cake of choice is always carrot cake. And so I always like to have carrot cake on my birthday. And um, yeah, I'm all about, I'm all about candles. I love I love seeing the boys uh, blow out candles on their birthday. It's so much fun. You know, it's, I, I, I think it's a, I think it's a great tradition. I don't know. I, I should have done a little bit more research on where, where the actually like, you know, the etymology of it, where it actually came from and everything. Um, but it's a, it's a really cool tradition. And I think the whole make a wish thing and, you know, not tell anyone and see if it comes true kind of thing is also pretty cool. It's got an added mystique level to it, which is nice. Um, carrot cake for your birthday. So uh, well, how old were you when you realized you were a serial killer? How old- <laughs> <laughs> well, it was probably later in life, honestly, because I didn't find out I had a chocolate allergy because I am allergic to chocolate. So I didn't find out I had a chocolate allergy until like I was I, like later, later in like my late teens, actually. So. Well, like I said, we didn't have a lot growing up. We didn't have a lot of money. So we didn't have like, I ate chocolate as a kid. Yes. And, uh, you know, I do, you know, looking back, I do remember getting sick, but we didn't, we didn't have it enough and I didn't have it as that often. So I didn't really, I didn't really know. I didn't really, really understand or realize that, that I had an allergy until ironically it was my freshman year of college. I, I went and got an allergy test afterwards because my, my, my girlfriend at the time, you know, sweetheart of a gal baked me a, you know, baked me a cake and tried she, to kill you. 
and yep. tried to kill me because it was a, like, like it was yep. a devil's food keg just and literally i mean yeah i mean just i lasted about 20 minutes after a slice of that and i just i had to leave for the evening and i yeah. I, I didn't make it to my car man i dude i blew cookies all over that fucking bush of hers man it was nuts like that bush outside of her apartment was just off just you know probably still stinks not knowing you were allergic to the chocolate at that time you're probably like she's trying to kill me she's trying to kill me and she really tried to it literally really happened trying. it's a mystery why that relationship didn't work out you know it's just a shocker <laughs> hindsight being 2020 and all but um but i don't yeah. know he never came back <laughs> doesn't like my baking yeah <laughs> It was the start to the downfall, I will tell you. Um, and, and despite, yeah, that and that honestly probably was the, the 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 answer to my next question, which is with your nightmare birthday. What was the worst worst birthday you ever had? Mm. That's probably it for me, to be honest. I was, I mean, as, as sweet as the gesture was and everything was very thoughtful, but yeah, man, I was so fucking sick after that. It was awful. Hmm. I don't think I have one. Like, I mean, yeah, because some are more memorable hours, but I mean, everyone, my family, you know, if you surround yourself with the right people, everyone at least tries to make, you know, a day of it or whatever. So I don't have a bad memory of any of them that I can think of. I mean, who knows? Again, you could probably put me on the couch and unpack a little bit and some of the demons will come out and who knows, maybe I was some guy dressed up as a clown, you know, was uh, trying to get me into his van at some point during the party, but um <laughs> I don't think so. I think it's all good. That's funny. Well, the, if, the, if the clown had taken a moment to get to know you, he just all he had to do is drive up in the Dukes of Hazard car and it would be like, you know. True. I'm a sucker for candy too. So you never I mean, give me a few, a few hot tamales. You know, I'm yours. Hot tamales, Aaron? That's your candy of choice? Oh, love it. I mean, if, I'll, I'll, I'll eat anything. Oh my hey, God. Hot tamales. So, so, Mike, we said, so these guys, so we're on a text chain and I'll tell you the one of my least favorites, the one that you guys posted those candy corns. Not oh no. It's candy. No, no. Ben and I agree with that. That candy corn is trash, man. No, we've been over this candy corn is trash. It's disgusting. I like the candy corn. Are you like fucking kidding me, Mike? No, yeah, like no, sir. No, you're a man of superior taste and in, 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 Oh no, no. I, 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 do like I, I, I don't know. I fucking like it. Probably the next flavor, the Caldwell cigar. Prepare with a Caldwell. And shots fired. Damn. Cream soda. That brings up our that brings up our next sponsored segment. No. <laughs> uh, Final farewell of Caldwell sponsorship. Uh, well, awesome. Uh, well, the I I still I'm I'm baffled, Mike. What do you like about candy corn? I don't know. It's good. Sweet. I don't know. <laughs> sure. There's a he just fucking said hot tamales. I, mean, I don't know. Yeah. Honestly, you guys like literally like the least the, the least two appealing candies ever. Oh, hot tamales. Hot tamales are fucking dialed, dude. They're fucking. They're great. What's your go-to fucking candy bear? Gummy you don't bear. eat gummy bears, for- dude. What the fuck? Like. Of gummy course, bears, that counts. Yes. That's like that's every day in this house. That yeah, gummy bears aren't even like they're they're not sugary enough. Yeah, it's not a candy. I'll oh. tell you what's even crazier about me because Mike is already calling me a serial killer for liking carrot cake. You guys are gonna fucking think I'm just a psychopath now. My favorite celery. Gummy, my favorite. I love no, celery. No, <laughs> my favorite gummy bear is actually the is actually the clear ones. They're pineapple flavored. Yeah, oh, yeah, I like those. yeah, yeah. They're good. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. you're a serial killer. Yeah. <laughs> 
knew it was coming. Uh, I guess. I just throw them all in my mouth. I didn't know that there was a difference. Yeah. Yeah. And the green ones are the green ones are actually strawberry flavored. A lot of people don't realize that. Interesting. Yeah. Green ones are actually strawberry flavored. Look at the knowledge. Dropping bombs. Bombs and monarchs, the new LE from Pastani Cigars. Bombs and Monarchs. Let's go. Coming soon to small batch and cigar hustler. Uh, You're going to laugh if that happens. I'm going to fucking, I'm going to love it, man. I will, I will buy a box. I will pull the Aaron Nielsen, buy a box. And this was my idea and I did not get anything. In fact, I paid for this shit. This is great. (laughs) Everybody, everybody eats, man. Here we go. Um, Well, guys, we're going to take a quick break. Thanks for indulging me in some uh, birthday chat. We're going to take a quick break and talk uh, through a couple of our fun segments here. Uh, of course, which is always kicked off with our presidential trivia segment, which is brought to you by United Cigars, featuring La Giana Nevada, distributors of Jose Dominguez, Bandolero, Garofalo, and the highly acclaimed Atabay, Byron, and now Alfonso lines from Selected Tobacco. Smoke one today and start living United. Well, gentlemen, six presidents were born in the month of October, the same month that I was born. And while none of them were actually born on my birthday, the 26th, one of the presidents was actually born the day after my birthday, which is October 27th. So which of these six presidents was born on October 27th? All of these presidents were born in the month of October, by the way. So that's a fucking sandbag question. They're all in October. Yeah, here we go. So A, Dwight D. Eisenhower. A, Dwight D. Eisenhower. B, John Adams. C, Rutherford B. Hayes. D, Chester Arthur. E, Jimmy Carter. Or F, Teddy Roosevelt. Who was born on October 27th? Brother B. Hayes. Uh, Teddy Roosevelt. And Mike gets it correct. It is Teddy Roosevelt, born on October 27th. Oh, you dude, what a piece of shit, man. <laughs> Just look at that. You, you came clean, though. I got to give you credit, man. That's great. Uh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. How, dude, I didn't even hear you say Teddy. <laughs> but I like Teddy, so I would have guessed him. Yeah, I think he gets him the last time, and he wasn't even an answer choice. Yeah, he's my he's my go-to. He's your, he's your guy. He's your guy. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 funny for uh, for a second though. My memory failed me because I was I was when I was writing down the the the, the presents that were born in October. I remember that John Adams. I thought he was born on Halloween, but he was actually born on the thirtieth. John Adams was born on October thirtieth. Mm. So, but I would uh, guess too. Yeah, Chester Arthur. Um, and Jimmy Carter, um, also born in October, obviously. But um, it's the thing about Chester Arthur wasn't his birth. The controversy was not on his birthday, but it was actually where he was born. Many believe that he was actually born in Canada. So he was actually not, he was not born on American soil, which makes, despite despite all the talk about Obama and his Kenyan birth certificate, makes him the most controversial president in terms of where he was born. Because they, they actually now have supporting evidence that Chester Arthur actually was born in Canada, which is interesting. Different time. Different time, yeah. You get away with that shit. You could say one thing at one place and go say something else somewhere else, and there would be no proof. Yeah. Well, and Andrew Jackson uh, actually was not born in a state because he was born in the frontier. That And it's an area that's actually largely com- still combated to this day, whether it's North Carolina or South Carolina. So he technically oh. does not have a birth state. It wasn't like star trek or some shit final frontier no he was born in he was born in either north carolina or south carolina depending on the. you can just say carolina he was born in carolina he was born in carolina the 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 uh 
the the much despised land called Carolina, supposed to North Carolina or South Carolina. Despised land. Uh, um, More listeners in Carolinas. No, I love no, North well, Carolina and South Carolina. Yeah. Just it's the it's Carolina that I have a problem with. Oh, I get it. Yeah. Which it. I still don't to this day. I know I know we're all football fans. We were talking about it before the show and stuff. I still don't do understand to this day why Carol why Carolina Panthers are not the North Carolina Panthers. They're based out of Charlotte. I mean, listen, if you want to break it down, why are the New York Giants and the New York Jets playing in New Jersey? Because New York wouldn't give them a tax break on a stadium. So shouldn't that be called the New Jersey Giants? I, yeah, no, you're, I think you're absolutely right. I'm just the only true team in New York is actually partially canadian at this point it's true hmm. well and the, the san francisco 49ers have a stadium in santa clara which is like almost nowhere near san francisco which is funny just make it make sense i just want it to make sense that's true <laughs> what um I, I know we were talking about this before the show mike the uh i know you're a bucks fan and a patriots fan what's the what's your favorite stadium is it gillette or between the two gillette or uh where the bucks play What's Buck State? What what is the stadium? Raymond James. Raymond James. That's right. Raymond James. Um, I would have to say Raymond James. Oh, you know, uh, I have more. I have better memories there. I've only I've been to a few games in Gillette. It's and the stadium's nice. It's miserable to leave to get out. It sucks. And yeah, Fox Sports uh, death trap. Yeah, Barry. I mean, your team. Uh, Lambo's a brutal. Lambo's brutal to get in and out of. Oh God, yeah. yeah. I mean, can I would like to try and go to some of these other badass stadiums. You know, I'd love to see SoFi. I'd love to see Dallas stadium. I'd even like to see Minnesota's. I think you know those so, those stadiums are dope. So my best friend and I, up until COVID, we were going every year. We go to an away bear game. Yeah. So we Seattle twice. We went to Pittsburgh. Went to Charlotte. Went to Nashville. Went to Minnesota. Tampa, Dallas. Uh, probably missing some, but we haven't been in a while. But we, it's always fun to go another bear. But I, I don't typically wear my bear paraphernalia, especially if I'm going to like Philly or somewhere. I'm, I'm, I just go in basic black. You know, it's so funny you say that, bro, because. My son, last year or two years ago, he wanted to go see Brady go back to New England, you know, in, in the Tampa Bay gear. Yeah. And, you know, he's like, I'm going to wear my Tampa Bay stuff. And I'm like, eh. and I'm a Patriots fan. I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't want you to. I don't want to fucking, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, I became a Tampa Bay fan because. I wanted to have a connection and a bond and have my son root for something that was local. So that's how we became, became Tampa Bay fans. So when he, so when he was born, like when he was four or five, we got bucks tickets, but um, we went, we went to new England. And I said, you know what? Fuck this. I'm not going to, I'm not going to teach my kid to be afraid of fucking anything. So we're going in bucks gear. Fuck them. And we were probably one of six people in bucks attire. Yeah, but and, you could probably get away with that, especially with Brady. I mean, you could probably get away with. Um, people tried to fuck with me. Really? Yeah, you know, I well, first of all, I went in guarded, so you know, I tried to take a picture by the helmet, and you know, one guy's like, "Hey, uh, you know, if you want, I'll take a picture of you and your son." And I, you know, I was like, "Dude, are you gonna fuck with my phone?" Because I'm gonna tell you right now, if you're trying to fuck with me, then we're gonna have problems. And the guy was like, 
no, no, man, I, I'll just help you. I said, okay, cool. So he did. But then when we went upstairs, you know, we were waiting in line to go to the bathroom or whatever. And the guy's like, oh, one guy's like, hey, there's a secret bathroom over there in that uh, closet there that says um, storage room. And it's just for kids. And I said, dude, shut the fuck up, man. I'm here with my son. Don't be a fucking asshole. And he's like, uh, no, no, I'm serious. And I said, bro, I will fucking maim you. Don't <laughs> just shut the fuck up. And he did. He turned around and walked, you know, didn't say shit. And, um, but you know, I've had some bad experiences in New England. I almost fought a guy. I was in a Brady Jersey. I almost fought another guy in the Brady Jersey. I did fight a guy, <clears throat> did fight a guy in the Brady Jersey. So, Brittany does remember. It was the year of the perfect season, 2007. Uh, We had some San Diego Charger fans that uh, took us to the game. And, you know, it was a blowout. New England fucking destroyed them. And, you know, before the game, somebody. You want to slide over? Sorry, sorry. Jumper cables. And they cut the fucking things with jumper cables. Yeah. The Patriots fans. Yeah. So so somebody said, hey, you know, we our car needs a jump. Can we use our jumper cables? And they cut the wires so that when you touched it again and you linked it up, it would jolt you. And, um, you know, then this other, this other guy was making fun of Merriman. And then one of the people that we were with said, go Yankees. And then he lost his and mind. And he lost his fucking mind. So. People are fucked, man. That's cool. Oh, yeah. I, I get a kick out of it every time when I go to I go to the Rangers games here when the Red Sox are in town. Of course, I'm wearing my Red Sox gear. And man, te- Texas Ranger fans are, are are great sometimes, but they 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 absolutely do not know a thing or two about talking shit. And the things that they'll say to me are just it's just absolutely obnoxious. Like I've gotten called a chowderhead <laughs> like twice, and I'm just like, do you even know what that fucking means? Jesus. Like, <laughs> Like, it's just it's, they're really lame. They're really lame. It's really bad. Um, but I, rem- I remember I went to a game and I, I, I the Ranger fans should love me because the games that I go to, they always the, the Red Sox always lose. Um, but of course, they it was one of those times. And I remember walking out and they were just like this kid. I couldn't be more than 12 years old. Just like gets in my fucking face. And he's like, we beat you. And I'm like, yep. Y- y- yes, you did. <laughs> just like and I was like. Looked at his dad like, "What the fuck, man? Jesus! What are you doing? What are like, you doing? Come on, control your side. Like, holy cow, man! Like, like if he was like six or seven, like that would have been funny. But he's like twelve to thirteen. It's just like, dude, come on, kid, get the fuck out of my face, man. Just wanted to have a dog and a beer and watch my socks lose. Jesus Christ. Um, but anyway, I know we got off the track there. That was, that was our presidential trivia segment, believe it or not, brought to you by United Cigars featuring La Giana Havana. Distributors of Jose Dominguez, Bandolero, Garofalo, The Firecracker, and the highly acclaimed Atabay Byron. And now Alfonso lines from Selected Tobacco. Smoke one today and start living United. Uh, this takes us into our next segment before we jump back into the subject of cigars. But uh, tonight's charity segment, uh, which I uh, did, we've done a month-long a charity push for my charity of choice. It was my first charity of choice when I started this segment on my birthday three years ago. So we're going into our third year of uh, donating money to my guests' charities. I am hijacking this month. I have said that uh, that we are going to be donating all proceeds and spotlighting Canines for Warriors, which is a fantastic organization that I've been uh, very proud to uh, to support uh, for for the last few years. And it's a it's a wonderful organization that gives. Uh, 
able-bodied service dogs to uh, our veterans. Um, and they've uh, successfully placed so many wonderful animals uh, that would uh, be homeless otherwise with uh, so many veterans that uh, uh, who knows what would happen. So um, it's great to have a wonderful partnership um, with a, a trusted uh, animal. My dog Molly always sits next to me every show. She's here laying on her uh, giant ass pillow as she always does. Uh, and dogs are a wonderful, wonderful, uh, wonderful sidekick. Yes, I'm talking about you, darling. Um, <laughs> she poked up her head. I was wondering, like, what are you saying, Dad? Uh, but Canines for Warriors is a great organization. I'll put it some in the chat, and I'll also put it some in the show notes later. But Canines uh, uh, for Warriors, a great organization. Please consider donating. It's a fantastic cause. Please support our veterans uh, and homeless dogs as well. So thank you so much for that. So. Um, Gentlemen, uh, wanted to get back to our topic of cigars. Now, uh, of course, uh, uh, going into the trade show this past uh, this past July, uh, Mike, uh, Aaron, and uh, I, and, and 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 well, the whole entire coalition actually were really excited and stoked. I even had the uh, the Pistani Connecticut, which I'm I'm still smoking, and it's just absolutely sensational. Uh, by the way. Uh, as one of my cigars to watch for the show, and it it absolutely lived up to the hype, in my opinion. Um, a fantastic cigar! What a dynamite release for you, man! I mean, this is uh, this has got to be uh, this is. I mean, was this? I mean, this had to have been like one of your more highly anticipated releases, and has been. I mean, tell us, has it been as successful as you thought it was going to be? Yeah, I mean, I think it has been extremely successful and there's definitely been consistent reorders and there's definitely I've seen the most posts about it as far as all of my, all my core line that I've, you know, like released in the past. I think also, too, that, you know, I'm a little more well known at this point and things have always kind of gone in a positive direction i haven't had a stumble back for anything that i've created so it was just kind of given that it would exceed you know my what what it what the others have done when they were first released you know um so yeah you know i think they can always be better <laughs> i think that we could always do more but it it's done very well for sure. Do for better sure. in terms of selling it, or do better in terms of what the cigar ultimately be, uh, became. Uh, I'm just looking at the bogies, man. I'm just looking at the bogies. You know, I just think that uh, the cigar I think is fantastic. I've smoked the shit out of it, man, and I was super impressed with it, and I still love it. So, um, I don't think I could have done better with the blend. I couldn't. I don't think I can work better with a better factory. You know, uh, I think that it could always be in more people's hands. It could always be in more stores. It can always, you know, they can always reach more consumers. So that's that's usually where I where where my mentality is like, how do we how do we level up again? Let's you know, let's get more people to, to like it. That way, I can shun Aaron harder at PCA and like, do you know who I am? Yep, and with kind of a an accent. Yeah, uh, Aaron. I know you're smoking it too. What are, what are your thoughts on the Toro? Yeah, I, well, after I've, I've um, first smoked, I, I texted Mike and said how much I enjoyed it. You know, part of it too for me. Look, I, I I don't like a look. There's some cigars that are they're they don't have a lot of complexity to it. They don't have transitions. Uh, this has got both, 
Um, and, you know, truth be told from, from my palate over the years, I've gravitated a little bit back. I mean, when I first started smoking, it was bring me power, you know, bring me fucking nicotine, bring me like full body. I want to like just ramp up. And as I've, you know, gotten older and, and I guess my palate's changed a little bit, I've gravitated more towards that medium medium plus. Like I'm big into right now this type of, of blend, which is what I'll, since we're in the, in the vein of Saka, kind of like not your father's Connecticut, right? And that's what this, this does. So to me, absolute home run, I mean, it's, my, it's probably my favorite within the line. I mean, maybe because that's what I've been smoking a lot of lately um, within the line. But uh, no, I think it's, I, think it's I, I don't want to say it's underrated, but I would say it's under marketed in a sense, just in, like, to your point, Mike, just get it in more hands of people because I guarantee most will like it. They probably just even haven't tried it yet. So I think it's job well done by you. Thank you. Yeah, and I agree, man. You know, we could always do better. We can always do better. So, I, I think Aaron's right on one aspect here, Aaron, uh, Mike. I think the the uniqueness of it, like you like you said, it's not the your father's Connecticut, but um, but I think it, I think it still captures a lot of that old school Connecticut flavor and dynamic with, but just with more with more potency and more oomph behind it, because there, I think there is that kind of um the that kind of nice creamy mildness to it when you first light it up and then you know as the scars at this point as it really kind of builds on you it becomes a more heavier experience it's more full it's more full full bodied as you kind of get through it it's not a full body scar so i don't want to dissuade anyone from trying it if they're not into full body stuff it's not that at all i think it's uh just a i think it's a very complex cigar that you know which you know I would say arguably maybe outside of the SBCs that I've had, you know, it probably is your most complex blend, which is, you know, I don't know if that's what you were going for necessarily when you were putting it together. Uh, but I think it's the most complex cigar that you've put out today. And that's not knocking the Habana, like I said, I'm a fan or the Broadleaf uh, or even the War Bears, which, you know, I'm a fan of as well. But, um, but I think it's, it's the most complex blend that you've, that you've put out. I mean, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, I'm just going for cigars that I like. I'm just trying to make cigars that I think are going to be good. And, you know, sometimes they they come across as more complex. Sometimes they don't, you know. Uh, but in all reality, if I'm not going into the humidor, I mean, I have access to a lot of cigars. If I'm not going in the humidor and I'm not smoking the stuff that I make, then I'm doing something wrong, man. I'm doing something extremely wrong. So I know that it's, it's a banger. I fucking love the cigar. I smoke that cigar a ton, a ton. And, and right now I'm currently on this war bear kick. I smoke that cigar a ton. So I know that my new releases, they, I, I did well with them. I, you know, they, they met what I thought that they would be. So that's really what's important to me. Um, I don't know, you know, I can't say, Hey, I like, I'm really aiming for complexity on this. Like, I, I can't say that I do. That's never my mentality. I'd say, you know, what do I like? What, what flavor profiles do I enjoy from what leaves? Let's put it together. Does that taste like shit? How do I modify it? Do, and then how do I get what I'm looking for? And then what notes of it will be different? What's going to change after six weeks? 
Right. So like, let me ask. So, you know, when when we have folks on the on the show, one of the questions I always ask is around the portfolio, right? So you're 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 not putting out six cigars a year like the the big big folks, if you will. But so if you look at your portfolio, way to call him not Rocky by not calling him Rocky. Cool, good stuff. Nice. <laughs> I don't want to ruin any sponsorships. <laughs> Rocky puts so, out a lot of cigars. There's nothing wrong with it. I'm just saying. So. So if you look at your portfolios, there's something like, you know, I, I think this is where I want to go next, or this is where I, I feel find a gap, or is this, or is it just going to continue to, you're going to go after cigars? And I agree, you got to blend for yourself. And then, because if you, if you try to be everything to everybody, you're no one to no one, right? So yeah. um, do you find a gap in your portfolio that you, you have identified, or you don't really look at it that way? I think sometimes what I'll do is I look at the cigars that I am smoking that aren't in my portfolio, right? Because not everything I've made necessarily would fit the particular thing that I wanted to consume at that time. You know, if I want to smoke a Connecticut in the morning, I didn't have a Connecticut. What am I smoking? Right. Uh, I'll smoke the, you know, I'd always smoke my EC brotherly kindness is, it was uh, you know, a major one that I would smoke all the time. High Clare Castle, Toro, I'd smoke that one all the time. You know, so if I find myself smoking Connecticut's, I said, well, I need to make one that's geared exactly towards me. And that's where I would kind of build. Now, this cigar I actually made nine fucking years ago, dude. I made the cigar when my son was about to be born and it was never... It never just we just didn't bring it into fruition like it just never happened just kind of through the course of time we had the bano we had the broadleaf then we did some le's then nika sueño started to go through this transition so i started making some other stuff with other factories which is fun to do uh, because i'm not beholden just to postania you know i can create different names but i'll never make a postania outside of nika sueño because i feel like i'm lying to my consumer so, you know, as time kind of progressed and, you know, the next, what's the next thing? It's like, well, this is something that I'm doing. I'm, I find myself as like you, you know, you start with bold, you, you're, you, you know, as you, as you go through this journey and then you start to scale back and you want to smoke something that's different, that, that has different flavor profiles, that is a little bit lighter. <clears throat> and, you know, it was like, Hey, now's a good time. Let's, you know, do you still have that blend? And sure shit, they did. I'm like, perfect. Let's make that cigar. And, you know, when it was first made, Skip was like, I don't know, man, this thing isn't burning right. There's all types of problems with it. I don't think we should make this. Just let me just sell you what I have unbanded and we'll just fucking do something else. And I said, dude, just send me some samples. Let me see. Let me see what they taste like. And he sent them and I smoked them and he goes, see, I told you. I'm like, no, man, this is exactly what I wanted. And they're burning perfect. So he's like, yeah, wow, I, mean, I, I haven't had a burn issue. Yeah, it, it was crazy, man. It was it was just that one week. It was like a week later of them sitting. All of a sudden they were burning fine. So, uh, you know, thank God, because I mean, I really love the cigar. The, the cigar is something that I blended and it had meaning for me. So like everything was really kind of lying. I was kind of bummed. I mean, I respect, I listen to everybody, everybody that I respect, I listen to their opinions, you know? So when he said, Hey, we should scrap this. 
I was I was kind of devastated. I'm like, I gotta respect the guy's opinion. He's probably right. If he, if this is the guy, I mean, he makes the shit and he's saying it's wrong. But when it arrived, I said, "No, man, this is exactly what I was looking for." So, uh, you know, I, I'll take the segundos. You know, <laughs> I'll happily smoke them. So, so it happened. You know, and it's it's the band in itself is totally different too. So, it stands out. I want, since we're on the topic of the Connecticut, there's a couple of things I want to unpack there, Mike. The so you 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 mentioned EC. And you mentioned mm-hmm. High Claire that you were gravitating towards when you wanted that milder smoke when you didn't have a Connecticut offering. Yeah. I, I mean, Aaron smokes the shit out of High Claire Castle, as we know. I, I don't think I'm out of bounds when I say this. It smokes nothing, nothing like the High Claire Castle. And I would say that pretty, it's more similar, but that's not necessarily it's saying it's similar to the EC. I mean, it's a very, very different cigar. Yeah, well, here's what I learned from the High Claire. The High Claire has a distinct flavor profile because of its binder, and it's a Brazilian model. Right. So then I was I, I came to the conclusion like, okay, well, I know that the filler that I'm going to make is going to be that I have access to is going to be remarkable because it's coming out of Nico Sueno. So how do I up that? And I made sure what I did was I made my binder Pennsylvania broadly not Brazilian Malafina. So it's still that boldness. It still has that, you know, a body that doesn't usually exist in a Connecticut shade. And that's what made it so unique and so different. But the premise still came from the collaborate. It's the, like the, 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 the love child of the two, if you will, because I know the filler combos and the blend from the EC. I know what, the thought process was behind that a high clear and why it made it what made it so distinct and different. I didn't want to make, I didn't want to say, okay, cool. Then let's do a Connecticut with a Brazilian Matafina, you know? So well, what can I do to give it its own body and its own distinct profile? And that was where I, I thought the Pennsylvania broadleaf was the better fit. Did you dabble with at all with rapper, not in Ecuador, like American Connecticut by any chance? Did you have nope. that opportunity? You just wanted to go straight. No, I don't, you know, if I'm, I guess if I'm really hell bent on a quest for a particular rapper, I'm sure that Skip would say, okay, well, we'll go source some of it. We'll go trade for, for somebody and we'll get some sample stuff out here. And then if you really love it, we'll do it. But for more often than not, like all of that legwork has already been done. All of the, all of the hard work to obtain high quality leaves are already in that factory. So in general, I like to operate, I like to start there and then build off of that, right? Sure. I don't think Pennsylvania Broadleaf is a binder that they necessarily use. So I'm sure that that's something that they may have had to acquire. Um, but as far as the rapper is concerned, I really believe in everything that they have access to and the stuff that they, that they already obtained. So if I can start there, I want to start there. So. Uh, on that topic, I just finished my cigar and it was fantastic, as I mentioned, Mike. So thank you very much for picking that for me. Uh, Aaron, um, I have an SBC 22, a Pisani Habano, and a Baca Pokey, which is going to be my next cigar. Habano. Habano. Habano it is. Thank you very much. He's so had the SBC since July. <laughs> then I guess, well, today's not my officially birthday. Maybe I have something to smoke on my birthday, Mike. There okay, you go. That's fair. Have it on your birthday. Um, 
but um, as I'm lighting up my Habano here, my Pastani Habano, something you said caught my ear when you just, were talking a second ago, Mike, and I, I know you're going to have a great answer to this. You said you're not going to make a Pastani outside of Nico Sueno because you feel like you would be lying to your customer. Yes. You, you got to walk me through that. Well, you know, um, I learned, I try my best to learn from everybody else's mistakes. And I have seen in the past where you can deceive a customer. And I just don't think this is not me. I'm just not that guy. And I'm not, I'm not okay with that. You know, uh, going back to the simple aspects of, Hey, are you a good person? And did you do the right thing that we were talking about at the beginning of, the, of this podcast? Well, you wouldn't so, lie to him. You wouldn't say it's not made in Nico Swainy if it wasn't. How would, but you know, what if they didn't read in the media or, you know, what if they weren't on that level? They just said, Oh, Postania. Oh, I love, you know, I love Roma craft. I love, love the things that Nico Swainy does. And I'm going to love this cigar, okay. you know, and it's okay. Dominican, you know, uh, I mean, the prime example for me is that Ashton went and they had the heritage and the heritage was Cameroon for the longest fucking time. And then they made it Habana and they said nothing. They said nothing and they did it. And, you know, they just made that switch. I'm not, I will not um, try and I, I just don't believe in portraying that in any way, shape or form. I, I don't expect my consumer to always consume the media data that we release. I just think I expect them to believe that, Hey, this is where it came from. And this is the, where it's always going to come from. Okay. If Skip woke up tomorrow and said, Hey, listen, Postani's is done. We're not making any more cigars with you. It's over. Then what's left of Postani is what's left to Postania. I would go and make something, even if it was the identical blend, let's say it was an identical Habano and I made it somewhere else. I'd call it something else. I'd call it a different brand. And I would, um, you know, bombs and monarchs, bombs and monarchs. God damn it. That's the birthday special cigar. Yeah. But it would, it would have to have a different name. I just, you know, the name for me, Postani was the, that was the thing that came up last when we created the cigar. And that would be the same scenario here. I'd say, okay. I mean, I literally find myself back at square one, maybe be like square two or three, but I'd have to find the factory that I want to work with solely for my core product. I'd have to go, I'd have to go with them. I'd have to trust them. I'd have to look at the materials that they make blends of cigars that I like, and then say, okay, what the fuck are we going to call this thing? Well, I, I don't know if you've lit it up yet and I'm not really, I'm really, please forgive me. I'm really not trying to step into something here. I just find it, you know, because you've, you guys have been so lockstep of everything. And I, I think you're very similar principally. So Skip's obviously done that. Skip and Mike have done that with the Quinquagenario project. They're yeah. doing it outside. Now they've been very open about this from the very, again, to my point about you would do the same thing, right? Been very open about the beginning of what, what the project was, why they were doing it, et cetera, right? Where it was made. I mean, I mean, I mean, you don't think he's being dishonest, right? No, not at all. It's um, and I see your case in point, you know, it's, it's a mic thing, right? It, this yeah. Sure. Okay. Yeah. I'm I not mean, trying to back you into a corner here. I'm just, I just found no. it. No. And, and here's what's, what's scary about this. I, I'm smoking the Quinn. Here's what's scary about this Quinn. Ernie could never make this cigar without Skip. 
never in a million years have I tasted a cigar that has come out of that factory that tasted like this. If you, I mean, if you closed your eyes and you took the band off and I, you know, you would think that this is something that comes out of the Roma factory, comes out of Nico Sueño. It's remarkable to me. Uh, like, I know that it's Dominican because it, because because they say it's Dominican, but there's I haven't had a Dominican cigar like this ever, ever. So, um, you know, I mean, and, you know, maybe the, the blend or the cigar would be close to what I originally created if I tried to replicate it. It just wouldn't be this it, in, in my head. It wouldn't be the same. So um, I would <clears throat> I would let it I would change it. I would, it would be a different name. Yeah, and, and to to your point in his defense, so he didn't call it. It's I don't think it's branded as Roma Craft Quinquagenaria. I think it's just Quinquagenaria. So yeah, it says Quinquagenaria. It has the Roma logo on the back of it, but it's not Chromag. You know what I mean? It's not Neanderthal. It's something totally different in that aspect. You know, it doesn't fall under any of their other lines. So there's also that. Okay. Sorry. It just, yeah, it really caught my ear and it just got me thinking about it. Um, Cause I mean, I, I am a consumer of yours and a fan, you know that. So I just wouldn't, I wouldn't think that, but I mean, obviously, like you said, it's a mic thing. So that, I mean, that just, I think that speaks to your integrity of anything else. So um, the um, I mean, but this has been a, this has been a really, a really positive year for Postani with the launch of this the Connecticut and everything, the war bear again for, for, you know, what is this? The, is this the fourth one? Yes. Okay. It's, it's been a bear. very, very successful series for you. Uh, I mean, did, did you, did you have an initial uh, anticipation that you were going to be releasing this on an annual basis with, uh, or did it, did it just start off as a limited that you kind of, kind of it got legs and you decided to keep going with it? Yeah, I think that that's really, I don't have a plan. I don't have a plan for anything, dude. I don't have a fucking plan for anything. I, uh, I analyze and I pivot from there, man. I really do. And I wish I could say that I did have a plan. I don't have a plan. So much to a point where Skip's like, hey, what's production looking like for next year? I'd like to dial this in and get it all squared away. And I'm like, I'm in the thick of it right now so, so I don't have, uh, let me get back to you <laughs> you know um because i don't know i don't know exactly what 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 all of it looks like yet so uh for a guy so like that's the challenge of working with a guy that's extremely organized and got his shit together i'm the polar opposite of that and you know i as, as far as like my vision and what i want to create in, in the upcoming year or years you know, I did my best to try and have a game plan when product arrived, what I wanted to do, how I wanted to release it into 2024 because of PCA and all those other things. Then I think I've done a good job solidifying that. After that, you know, there's going to be, there's, there's questions that have to be answered too. It's like, okay, is Broadleaf still a problem? I think it will be. So if my full body goes away, what am I doing? You know, what am I going to create? Am I going to create? Am I going to make something else? 
what am I going to do with Warbear? Do I want to make another size? Is that something that maybe I consider its own core line, you know? Because um, I might. So who knows, man? You know, I don't, I don't have an answer, unfortunately. Not yet, at least. You know, you, you would make Coop's day if you did a 60 gauge war bear, just saying. <laughs> yeah. Box press or just regular? Regular. It doesn't matter as long as it says 60 gauge on it. Right. He'll, he'll, fucking, he'll fucking love it. You'll make the top five. I'm guaranteeing it right now. That's it. That's all I got to do. It was just all you got to do. Call the Coop. He was a fit. He was a huge fan of the 21 as I was too. And I thought that was the, this, the, I thought that was my, that was probably been my favorite thus far. And, and well, with, that being said, I haven't had this year's, so I, I I can't I haven't I don't have it to compare to, but the second one was was my favorite. But I've always been a fan of the series. Uh, what are, uh, Aaron? What are your thoughts on the War Bear over the years? So I think they're unique in their own right, right? So I think to I look at them, even though they've been released since I was the fourth, I look at them as, in a sense, I, I don't want to say limited, but um, they're nuanced, right? So, I mean, they, they've got their own play, play, flavor profile. They stand up on their own merit. Um, I like it because it's different every year, right? I mean, it, it um, and it deviates from your core line. I mean, it just does. I mean, it's a, it's a, it deviates off of what I know, what I smoke from your core stuff. And I look forward to them coming out every year. I mean, truth be told, I, I haven't smoked like boxes and boxes of them. Right. So, I mean, I, I'm not like this aficionado when it comes to it, but um, I think they're, I, I look forward to it right every year to see what you can t- like, okay. So I can tell what they are, but at the same time, they're nuanced and they're different flavor profiles. And um I've enjoyed every year. So I haven't, I just smoked the, uh, I smoked one the other day, the recent one. Did you buy the boxes? The question, Aaron? Of course. I always do. I know. Or just, just if it's long as it's got the, the Aaron stamp of approval, oh, so, buy the box. So, well, right. So there's certain stuff that I already know I'm going to buy a box and I made mistakes early on buying boxes like sight unseen, but those are tried and true. I mean, there's, I'm not going to pick it up and be like, okay, oh, I hope this is not a dog rocket. Like it's going to be, you know, repeat purchase. So of course it's a box. Yeah. I think I only got a five pack of the first one and then made that mistake and then they were out. And then, so when, tw- you know, when that's 20 the other I, too. I make sure I get a box right away. Cause they run out. Yeah. Well, my mistake. What's the production on a mic? 500 boxes. Yeah. Yeah. And what's crazy is for me, uh, that's kind of a sweet spot number. Um, I always like that's a number for me where I can sell them to all the retailers that I have currently, maybe a few extra new ones, and I could still have some to release for my store and online after everybody else has gotten theirs. But I'm going to tell you right now, that line is getting thinner, man. That that line is getting thinner, and it's uh, it's a good problem for me to have. I'm very fortunate to have that problem. It's, you know, it's remarkable how well received that, 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 that one in particular has been over the years. So um, the hard part is, you know, how do you grow to, to continue to supply your current consumers and then calibrate or calculate for new consumers without overextending your capital into one particular thing? Right. So 
I can tell you that the checks have gotten bigger every year to Nico Sueno. Uh, so much they're at a point now where I'm like, that's Aaron's Monday and Tuesday car. And, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, um, and it's you know, it's a good problem to have, but it's still a problem. So I um I keep, you know, I just I just never want to be, as I told you before, bear cigar rich. Right. Right. You don't want to fall into a place where, you know, you make a thousand boxes of something, you only sell 300 and you got 700 boxes of something left. Not that it isn't a fantastic cigar and that it does extremely well, but you want to make sure that you have the pipeline to get it to as many consumers as possible in as many regions as possible. So, and I don't like fucking with shitty retailers either though. I mean, I've had some, I've had recent approaches from, from retailers that just think that they're so fucking blessed and it would be, you know, in my best interest for them to carry my product. And I'm just like, I'm good, bro. I don't, you're not gonna, you're not gonna teach your customers about it. It's going to sit on yourself. I'm going to have that one purchase and, you know, I don't want to see that. I don't, I don't, I don't want to see that. If, if you're, if you're a retailer that isn't investing the time and energy, educating your consumers, I really don't want to be on your shelf because it's just going to go the one time. So um, making sure that I deal with the right retailers is always my priority. You know, like, I, I mean, I went to Lake country cigars. Those guys are fucking awesome. Are you kidding me? They had a decent uh, amount of people come into the event. Everybody bought boxes. Everybody. And, you know, that that shows you that those guys are awesome. They know what they're doing. They've cultivated a relationship with their with their consumers. And the consumers know that they're not going to give them a cigar that isn't worth a box. Right. So and, you know, like Hogshead, same scenario in Virginia. The, you know, if you do an event with those guys, those guys are like, they trust their retailer, you know, and those retailers are never have those, both of those guys, um, uh, Matt and Bob, they have never said like, do you know who I am? Like I, I sell. So I've never had that experience with, with the really good ones. And, you know, I just want to work with the really good ones. So that's the, uh, that's the eternal challenge sure um so i wanted to show you this mike again i i sent it to you when i got back i went to scotland this summer and and this this best uh, earlier this year and uh uh what's really cool about the scottish is that they they pay homage to their culture and their country's history a lot but they also they also expand beyond that and they they honor a lot of other countries and other things and this was in the royal garden in edinburgh uh um, there and uh and here it is so that's me and the memorial to uh, to the war bear himself, which apparently um, I don't know how accurate this is. Obviously, the 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 the, the sculpture of the man is not uh, correct because yeah, no one's that tall except for maybe Shaq. But um, and I'm I mean I'm six feet tall, so there you go. But the, this apparently is a life size version of the war bear. Like this was to scale, so. That's a that looks about right. Yeah. So um, 
this is a this is in the Royal Garden in Edinburgh. So I thought this was it was really cool. So I had to take a photo. Uh, I went back. I didn't have one on me that day. I did have a war bear with me when on this trip. So I went back on the last day that we were in Edinburgh and I, I smoked a cigar in the garden. Just there's a bench right across there. Uh, so it was a really, really fun experience being there. Awesome. It's a beautiful garden, too. You know, I like I don't I, I don't, I'm sure I've told this to you before, but all of my best ideas are really not my ideas. They're usually something that somebody told me and then I just kind of take it and run with it. So, you know. Warbear was actually uh, an employee that used to work for me. He, he mentioned it, the, the story that I knew nothing about. Yeah, I remember. Uh, I remember you telling me. So, you know, and even Postanya, I mean, Skip's idea of it was, hey, well, you're Polish, you should be Polish something. And he came up with something and I said, nah, that felt, didn't feel like mine, but I liked what he was thinking. So I ran with it, you know. You, the graphic behind you, you got uh, the war bear saying, oh, no, what's that all about? Uh, so that's that's my boy, John McTavish, developing <laughs> pallets. So they reviewed one. of I think they reviewed the box press Toro and he he tasted minerality, minerality. So he said, oh, no. So um, I just I like I started sponsoring. Everybody, I guess, or the people I like, so um he's like hey you know he i did a podcast with them and he didn't have anybody sponsoring him i was like i'll sponsor you bro just tell me how much it is and i'll send you over the the you know the, the back screen the wallpaper or whatever and i made it say oh no that's awesome yeah, <laughs> a good time in this industry if you're not enjoying yourself the fuck are you doing man indeed no, i agree with that it's stressful enough. Gotta have fun. Yeah. yeah, you have fun with yourself too, man. I think it's it's really great. Um, you know, I know you've been a huge supporter of Charlie's for a long time too. He, you know, and you know, he doesn't always give you favorable reviews, and and uh, you know, you know, you you still have fun with it. You enjoy it. Um, yeah, I still like the guy. You know, it's. I love your press releases too. They probably drive coop nuts, but they're fun. Is I got fun. a new one coming out soon too. I can't wait. It's exciting. Uh, before we're actually going to skip to ahead to the Postania segment here in just a second, but with the last question on, on just, uh, on everything, the, um, you know, with Nico Suenia's expansion and everything, like what's the, I mean, what do we, what can we expect on the future of Postania? Does that mean that production will be up on core or is everything going to stay pretty cons- cons- consistent? Cause that's the way that you've, you've obviously liked it and everything like that. You know, uh, I honestly don't know. I plan on going down beginning sometime beginning of next year <clears throat> and kind of seeing exact i mean i haven't seen the bodegas i haven't seen exactly um the full vision as to what they're doing and alex is a great guy he's you know he's very open with communications so he's now running the factory for nico sueño um so i'm curious to see what what i can do and what it what it looks like um i got some i got some ideas i got some i have some thoughts for some new creations and we'll see what um we'll see what happens are there are there ideas that uh, that involve another core at some point in the relatively near future 
I would say uh, probably if they would let if they let it happen, because the reality is that I don't think that Broadleaf is going to continue. So if Broadleaf be my next continue, question. Yeah. Or if there's going to be a lull in Broadleaf, then I got to figure out what I want to do to replace that and what that looks like. So I got some ideas. I got some ideas. So before we get into the Postania segment this evening, gentlemen, the, you know, we did have a trade show, you know, three months ago, and we're actually going to have one sooner than we've ever had before, because our next one's going to be in the spring of this upcoming year. So a couple of questions I had beyond this, like one coming uh, in, obviously from two different perspectives, like how do you think, and Aaron, you were on my, my month later show, but like, how do you think the, you know, the aftermath of the trade show um, Mike, and this question is for both of you, obviously, but how do you think the aftermath of the trade show has been like from the, your unique perspectives as a consumer and then Mike and all your hats that you wear, did the trade show deliver it like it has in years past or did it, had, did it fail to produce the, the, the types of cigars that we've come to expect out of the trade show each year? My take, so Look, my sample size is not as large as Mike's and yours, Bear, but what what I have, and, and maybe I'm not as tuned in, so you guys may disagree with this, but I feel like the, the buzz around the new releases slash in conjunction with them not like coming out or delayed post PCA, so perfect example, like Rocky stuff right? That's not hit the shelves yet. Or maybe it's coming out like this week or it, I, I haven't seen it come out yet. So there's a lot of buildup to cigars that we want to try that we're, we're um, interested in learning more about. We maybe got a sample there, but then time goes on. And like anything, as the longer it goes, the hype, the buzz, the, the, the media attention, the marketing naturally kind of dwindles a little bit i feel like this year versus maybe past years the 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 buzz that was created around a given cigar or the releases has waned more than than years past because again i don't know if it's i'm not looking at the right places but i know some of that has in conjunction with the cigars not coming out um i think there was some really good releases um I felt like this year, maybe in a good way that there wasn't like, you know, eight releases per company. I mean, they were just bombarding us with all kinds of new, new stuff. So I think it was a little bit more tempered in that way, but I don't feel like the buzz was quite um, as ongoing or continuous as years past, but could be me. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's part of, partially because, you know, um, you've seen it from the outside for, for so many years, and now you've seen it from the inside for, for a few years, yep. and it's not as shiny as it once was, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, I will agree with you totally on the aspect that I think the, the, one of the biggest things that frustrates me in this industry is lack of capital and lack of cash flow from a lot of these brands and a lot of these manufacturers because they do make this sample and this then the cigar comes out five, six, seven months later 
when in all reality, like the gun should be loaded. Right. Production should be made. If it isn't solidified and coming out in the upcoming weeks, it should already be made and should be stateside. You know, I wish that every brand did that, but they don't, you know, I mean, I, I haven't heard anything about any of uh, Nick's stuff from foundation. Right. I'm wondering what the hell is going on there. I did just see a uh, Lajero tobacco house. This did do a post where they were doing an event. They were showing off some of the new stuff. So uh, Lajero tobacco house definitely has some of those things, but yeah, I mean, I did, see, I did see a post of the Nick stuff, the one of the, uh, or whatever. Yeah. That I think it's hitting the shelves here. It's coming up here. Cause I saw a post. I mean, it might've been a small where the foundation, the new foundation, the Matapa, the Matapa. Okay. No. And like the other thing that I fucking hate too. And I love and respect all these people in this industry. Don't get me wrong. And I learn a lot from all of them, but I hate when I see a brand come out and they have 25% of their production, even though they sold hundred percent of it and they ship 25% of it. And then two months later, they send the other 75%. Well, guess what? The excitement is gone. Exactly. So now as a retailer standpoint, you're sitting on that 75%. You didn't even get your money back. So you really did a disservice by releasing that 25% ahead of schedule when you should have just held it to have all of your production come in and then solidify and honor all of your orders. 100% agree. Go, yeah, that, go, going back to what you were originally saying though, Mike, about how like you you feel it's a cash flow issue for a lot of these brands and how they, they're not prepared and they're not ready and they don't ship it right away. I, I'll, I There's... There's two questions here. Uh, one observation is that in the last two years, though, which has been crazy to me, because 22 and 23, 21, it was like everyone was like, "The scars are ready. We're just waiting on boxes," which was understandable. Like with the supply chain issue that you know y'all were having, y'all being manufacturers, were having as far as getting that kind of stuff. But like in 21 and excuse me, in 22 and 23, what I heard a lot of them was like, "Yeah, it's shipping now. It's shipping now." And I was like, I was blown away by the the quality, the quantity of people that were like that. So. I, I mean, for every person I heard that you're probably saying, well, yeah, bear, there's probably three or four that aren't doing that from, from, I mean, that, that's got to, that's also got to damage your cash flow though, too, as a, as a retailer and wholesaler, right? I mean, how, how do you get through those lean times when you're waiting on those, those productions that quote unquote aren't ready? I don't think I've ever come across a time where they all dumped it at the same time. Um, I mean, let's think about this, right? Who are your big, who are your medium size brands that are significant, at least to me in the industry? Uh, Roma, obviously, you know, Foundation, Saka, Tatuaje. Crown I mean, heads, are, yeah. Crown heads, sure, we can throw crown heads in that mix. You know, those are the guys that really come come to to mind if all five of them coordinated and dropped at the same time maybe that'd be a fucking problem the reality is it's nearly impossible you know for them all to release at the same time um but i just think that there are things that 
I could look at all of them and say, here, here are the things you need to be doing differently. Here are the things you should be doing better. And, you know, but to be honest, there's only one out of the five that I would probably, that for one would probably listen to me. And, and, um, you know, the other four would just do, do what they think is best. So, uh, you know, releasing things at the show in July isn't necessarily a bad thing, you know, or even if you projected it out and said, Hey, this is going to ship in September, you know, okay, fine. That like, okay. I don't know. I, I, even if you're going to release it in September, you should already have it. That's my point. That's my thoughts. That's, that's what, I mean, I've lived the experience of otherwise, and I think that it's foolish to do it the other way around. I mean, I've had, I've, you know, I've represented brands where I was taking orders for product that wound up never even coming. It just never happened. So, you know, I was like, okay, lesson learned. Um, moving forward, here's, here's how we're going to operate. Right. When it lands and I have in, in, in possession of it, I'll take orders. I do think, I do think though, and again, I'm coming from a different perspective right now, not let's take me out of consumer perspective right now and, and more on just, we'll say behind the scenes or just kind of seeing from a different angle right now. It seemed as though there was a little bit more harmony with inside the cigar industry this year than maybe past years, only in a sense, I don't want to say it was, uh, I don't know. It, how do I put it? Like there, it seemed like there was more like uncertainty or there was more like chaos maybe a year and a half or two years ago. It seemed like that more people were on the same page trying to achieve the ultimate goals that everybody else was like kind of aligned more than maybe it was a little more chaotic a year and a half ago. A lot of that's coming off of COVID. A lot of that was coming off of, production issues and everything else that goes along with it. So I'm sure they had a lot to do with it, but it seemed as though there was a, there was more continuity this year and more people were uh, pleased with the direction that the PCA was going with some of the changes they made and the direction they were, were looking to go with the goals they were looking to achieve. And the communication was better. I always hear every, like the year one, it was like, well, we didn't hear about this or they didn't communicate this to us or, why are they doing it this way? At least if nothing else, the communication and the end goal and the vision was a little bit more clear to where the PCA was coming from, what the, the, the exhibitors, the manufacturers were looking for. And like they had a voice and it was, and it was being listened to versus somebody behind the curtain, just doing whatever they felt like they wanted to do and then take it or leave it. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think that there's definitely more, there, there's more transparency. There's more right. transparency now than ever before i think there's still a, a lot of uh, we got a lot of ways to go there's a lot of ways that we can improve on it and i think that there's there's even more transparency and uh, you know uh from brand owner or manufacturer to brand owner or manufacturer i think that a lot of a lot of guys grew the fuck up which was kind of nice for me to see to be honest like egos were kind of checked and they're like look man we're gonna be on the same shelf you know there's plenty to go around and, you know, we're not the biggest, baddest in the neck. It, like, it's just kind of like, um, what was that? What was that movie with Daniel Day-Lewis? Not Last of the Mohicans, uh, the gangster movie. 
American New York. Gangs of New York. Yeah. Where they were fighting and fighting and fighting. And like the big dog just came in and just blew them all up at the end. Like, you know, yeah. you know, like why the fuck? Like these other guys are way, there's these other issues that are way more fucking way bigger than the bullshit that we're dealing with. And we should just kind of set that aside. I did see that more, which was kind of nice, you know, because in all reality, um, I think that they should all kind of work off of each other to some degree. It's like, well, what are you doing for this? Well, I'm doing this and this works, right? Not necessarily a blend, but maybe a, 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 like well, your sales team or software or, you know, whatever the case may be. You know, I think that if you have that mentality and, and you're willing to work with people and, and show them what you're doing to, to kind of help them, they will help you in turn, you know? Um, now, if they take your lunch and they're not willing to work with you, then, then you know, it's, it's, it, that quickly becomes apparent and you quickly learn not to help that person. So, um, you know, I felt, you know, I really felt that I, I felt that at the end of the show. And I really, I even felt that there was, I think I was on a podcast with uh, Sokka and Pete Johnson at the same time. I don't remember which one it was, um, but you know when I hear them talking back and forth about shit, and I'm like, that's cool as fuck. You know, they're not like, well, I'm not telling, I'm not telling you, you know, you, you can't, you can't have this, you know. Um, that was cool to see, you know. Yeah, well, Pete's been pretty candid and open about that too. Like that, like you can know the recipe, but you're never going to be able to reproduce the cigar because it's just like it's just tobacco so different you know when it comes to and people manufacture it different you know the the double binder that my father does for example you know it like that's a that's a trademark of theirs not legal trademark but that's a trademark of theirs that's something that they do in all their cigars that you just you know unless even if you did the same thing at nico sueno or something like that you're not going to manufacture the same cigar it's just going to be completely different because skip's viewpoint of tobacco is different than pepines and pepines is different than ernie's and and so on like it 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 varies so much they're they're all terrific at it they're all terrific at you know identifying good tobacco and and blends and everything but it's just it's going to produce a different cigar it just is um from what it is so going forward with the, the trade show moving i have my own opinions on this but since we talked about releases and everything, I'm, I'm going to just state this. Uh, I'm going to state my opinion, Mike. I'm anxious to get both of y'all's opinion, but on this again, from different perspectives, here's my concern. I don't think it's going to be a problem this year, but then moving to the spring, I think the companies that decide to hold back and for the spring, it'll be fine. <clears throat> I think retailers with anticipation will plan accordingly for the first year, but as it gets drawn out, this is where I see a production slash disconnect on the retailer mike you're a little bit different because i know you handle your inventory very uniquely and there's certain retailers that are like you but you're you're definitely in the minority we all know that maturity my inventory gets thin towards the end of the year because most retailers don't want to pay inventory tax on it so they they let their inventory thin out the new year comes well that's when the that's when the industry shuts down the industry shuts down for like a month Mm-hmm. in December for Christmas and everything. And then they pick back up in the new year. They pick back up 
again, cigars are about waiting and time and everything and aging and all that other stuff. So you have to wait a few bit. So it's typically February, sometimes March, when you start to see humidors being fat again or normal again. Yeah. If we have things in the spring and with people going to be waiting to buy in the spring, I see a potential danger here of having extremely thin humidors from December to the trade show. Because I think I think the manufacturers will have shit lined up. They'll have stuff ready to go. I think that'll continue to improve. But there's a there's that's a huge gap of time. I think um I mean, yeah, but I think honestly, Q1 for a lot of these retailers, a lot of retailers that are especially up north and stuff they're not buying they're not buying q1 they're not they're they're you know your guys aren't sitting outside smoking in january in the north you know i mean aaron's cold right now it's october correct you know um aaron's always smoking though so he's a bad example yes that's true but you know more often than not your average consumer he's not going out in cold weather even in for a small cigar he's not doing it you know so um texas okay yeah you know you're in texas i i I understand that uh but even though the humidors are lean you can still feel that Uh, it's a phone call away of hey i need this 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 and this right and what happens is a lot of these brands and brand owners manufacturers will actually focus on you know sales being produced along the south of of the entire nation so uh i can't really see that being a huge issue i mean i really think that the bigger issue here is uh production and just overall cash flow from some of these brands you know okay okay aaron any thoughts no but i think look if these manufacturers retailers they're hopefully semi smart business folks right so this is not something that, right i know i figured you'd get a kick out of that one mike um, <laughs> but but there's got they've had enough planning right so this is not something that's been dropped on them today so sure. there's gonna be some <laughs> some reshifting some whatever you want to call it but if you're on top of your business and you know trends you know to mike's point the north or the south and the cold weather you you factored all that in you're just kind of shifting stuff around and i don't know how that impacts cash flow i don't i'm not i'm not smart enough to figure all that out and understand that side of the business but i would think that if you've had some time now and you knew it was coming that you just pivot a little bit you 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 know rob peter pay paul whatever the case may be to make sure you know your buying habits of your your audience whether that's from the the retailers or and then trickles down from the retailers to their consumers that you should plan accordingly and i think this this year will be the first like little bit of okay we have to adjust but then moving forward it should be back on track you would think i mean yeah yeah mike's probably laughing at that but yeah <laughs> should be Planning accordingly. Yes. Planning accordingly. Yes. The other other scary thing, the factor here is that, you know, we had a a boom or a semi boom 
2022 kind of was kind of a coast, maybe a little positive for some retailers, maybe flat even with the growth being sustainable. I think the 2023 was has been different. I think the 2023 you you've seen some pullback, you know, on, on specific things. I think that there are people that are uncertain about the future of the economy and where it's going to be short term, and what that looks like. And the re, the real reality is that if Aaron said, you know what, I'm not going to buy anything new today, he could probably smoke for the entire year without a fucking problem just in his inventory. And you know what, after that year, he'd probably have stuff left. Right. So, you know, that's really the bigger question is are the consumers that are consuming now that are buying, you know, are, are they, is, are they going to continue to be sustainable Are they can continue to purchase stuff or will they start burning through inventory that they've acquired over the past three or four years? Yeah. It's a very good point. I've in all my years of retail, I met one customer who did it exactly like you said, Mike, and it was the most, it's still the most bizarre thing to everybody. It's a great customer, loyal customer came in and smoked every day, but he bought twice a year. He bought at one specific event that he was a super fan of, and then another time of year just to restock. But he would literally stock up. He had a locker. He would buy boxes twice a year, load up his locker, come in every day, and smoke from his supply. He's a great customer. I'm like, I'm not knocking that at all, but it was very, very what you would consider bizarre behavior of such an enthusiast. Because he was, he was an enthusiast of cigars, you know, um, and but yeah, to your point, I mean, Aaron could definitely do that. I can definitely yeah. do that. Well, we, I think we could. It's the other thing about it is maybe there's a benefit too. So what what I'm I'm thinking to your point, Mike, about yes, I could dip into look, I could probably legit not buy another cigar for the next four years and be totally fine, right? But right. but one of the things that it could trickle down is the manufacturers in a sense having to up the game a little bit to do something to get new cigars into the hands of folks meaning for me like if let's say it's the boom and people are trying a bunch of different stuff like people are buying all kinds of new stuff for me in theory if i'm going to buy something new i'm going to try something new it's got to be you know, I got to hear about it. Like, you got to try this thing. Perfect example is the new, your, your, your Connecticut was one, but the new giant tobacco in it, right? I, I freaking love that cigar. So that's one that I had heard from, from Ben and Bear and Goop, like, you got to try this one. So then I heard about it and now it's going to be one that's in a regular rotation versus before when, say, during COVID, when, you know, we buy more frequently, if you will, or just, you know, people are out there experimenting. You were buying a bunch of stuff just to try. Now it's going to probably be more focused and, and your routine and or something that is really caught the attention of the media, really caught the attention of your, your friends and saying, you really got to try this. Those are always going to be there. Those are the ones that are going to succeed. I think what's going to happen is some of the ones that are average, we'll call average. I think those cigars may fall off a little bit because you're not going to have the people that are just going to be buying just for the sake of buying. If right. that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I think that a lot of those have already have started to fall, to be honest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
That's all true. All right, gentlemen. Well, it is now time for the much anticipated Postania Cigar segment. Everybody Eats, sponsored by Postania Cigars. If you always make sure that your servant's towel is bigger than your appetite, everybody will always get theirs. Postania Cigars is more than just great cigars made by cool people. They embody an attitude of gratitude and grit. With Postania, everybody eats. So, gentlemen, this question is about food. And I know we've been talking about birthdays, so it's not about birthday cake. But I like to ask this question. I thought I'd get some interesting answers from the two of you. What is a food or dish that you love that you would not have tried if you had not been offered or forced to by someone else? Man. You cannot pick any kind of brand of cereal, Mike. That's the one disclaimer on this. Darn it. Food. So uh, you're you're asking what food would I've not normally tried if it wasn't the fact or that somebody put it in front of you or or made you eat it? Yeah. Because I'm a foodie, man. I'll eat literally anything. At least try it. Uh, what's forced me to eat? Hmm. Oh, my my wife is big into like Michael appreciate being the fitness buff. He is like, she's all this like gut bacteria and all this shit. Like he's this, <laughs> like gut bacteria and like, so, okay. I get, I'll give you one recently. Aaron's um, got a hankering for Activia right now. That's what he's going for. She, she's all this gut bacteria. So she bought um, garlic sauerkraut. Because the sauerkraut is, you know, the gut bacteria, that whole thing. Mike, you probably know more than I do about it. But I would not, it was good. Like, I like sauerkraut, like, on a, if I get a brat or, you know, something, I'll throw some sauerkraut on it. But, like, she put it on, she made, like, uh, chicken burgers, like bur- chicken patties with ground chicken. And then put sour, the, the garlic sauerkraut on it. It was really good. And I would not have eaten it. It's not something I was, like, looking for on the shelf. So, that's my most recent example. Something on the health variety. We do love me some sauerkraut. It's good stuff. Mike? Hey, I'm a boring individual. Uh, I'll eat what I'll eat what's in front of me. I don't fucking care, you know. So uh, I will tell you that I did go out to dinner today and it was like a birthday dinner. And we did hibachi. And like I have never really had the white yum yum sauce or whatever the hell it is because i just eat everything plain mustard sauce yeah whatever it is so like so the people i was with they were taking this and they were just dripping on all over everything and i'm like huh well if you're both doing it it's got to be good i gotta give that a shot so i did that with everything and i'm like oh this this is amazing so um i did eat everything like everything apparently there's a term for that and the server called me, uh, a, a, yo, you're part of the clean plate club. Congratulations. I was like, thanks, man. I, you know, got the dub. So uh, it was it was pretty much because of the white sauce, you know, that was used. So I would have never thought of, I just, you know, they pour it in front of you. And I'm just like, eh. Like I eat, I'm boring. I'll eat, I eat sashimi. I'll eat salmon raw with nothing. Yeah. You know, I won't add any. There's, you know, people are like, what's soy sauce? Do you use soy? I'm like, no. You know, I don't. 
not doing any of that stuff. So it was a, it was a unique experience for me. That's all I got. What, you? what was the protein you chose? Or did you do a combo? I just went chicken. I just kept it simple. I eat steak every day. You eat steak every day? I eat steak every day. Right now, I'm eating steak every day. Interesting. I have steaks now. Taco steaks. Can't beat $9.99 for a pound per pound. There you go. So, yeah, I eat something similar. I, you know, we go to Costco and um, my wife takes very good care of me. I would, she would, she marinates it for a day and then she grills it all for me. She chops it up and that's my lunch every day. I eat steak. So, uh, you know, people believe that steak causes cancer. It's actually, I don't believe that steak causes cancer. I believe that how you take care of yourself is how you cause cancer. So, you know, um, I'm a big believer in psyllium fiber. I, you know, Metamucil is everybody should be taking it. Uh, I take it every day. You don't want anything sitting in your gut too long. Um, you want to make sure that the bacteria is right in your gut. Yeah. You know, so, and that is a direct effect of what you consume. So, uh, so Metamucil, so yeah. sauerkraut, and steak is Mike's recipe for a clean gut. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, not as, not so much the sauerkraut, but yeah, I mean, she's right. She is right for it to, you, you know, you want to feed. You want to feed the right bacteria in your gut, and sauerkraut definitely does that. Interesting. I actually yeah, didn't know about the, the health benefits of sauerkraut. I know, I mean, I know it's low, low. Obviously, it's low in sugar and and stuff, so it's always a good good thing to go. And I think it's tasty, so I'll go after it. Garlic sauerkraut, got to try some of that. Good stuff. Uh, I don't know if I've ever told this story. I'll, I'll share it just because I think it's it, it's interesting. Um, it was because uh, it was on my birthday, so it was really funny. Um, I I used to be a, t- a tutor, a math tutor in high school, and I worked in the computer lab. Yep, big shout out to the nerd bear. Um, and I worked for one of the teachers that ran the computer lab. All the chicks. That's where the chicks hang out. I get. Yeah, that's right. Um, uh, met one of my girlfriends in high school in the computer lab. So winner. Um, there you go. The end of it. Uh, but uh, the the teacher that ran the computer lab in my high school was was Mrs. Morrow, um, and I had never in my life eaten a Brussels sprout. Can't tell you uh-huh. why. Don't know. You know, I had heard of them. My my parents never made them until I was a junior in high school. And on my birthday, I remember this, Mrs. Morrow. She, I said, "What are those?" She had some, and I, they were actually just cooked in like you know, steamed in chicken broth, you know, it wasn't anything too exciting, but they were really well seasoned. She offered me when I was like, sure, I'll try it. And I fucking loved it. I fucking loved Brussels sprouts uh, from that moment. And that wasn't like not even how I prefer them. I like them, you know, grilled or charred. And, you know, I like the, the crispiness of them or baked or whatever. And, you know, love them with bacon, of course, you know, like everybody else, but yeah, that was my, that was my first foray into Brussels sprouts. And uh, I'm so grateful to Mrs. Morrow because they're, they're amazing. Had some yesterday, had some this week um, when I was, I was actually out of town for a conference in Louisville and the best meal that I ate all, all, uh, all trip was a Coca-Cola braised pork shank. It was fucking massive and yeah. a side of Brussels sprouts. Dr. And it was I do amazing. my root beer, root beer, Dr. Pepper. If you do a shank in that. Good stuff. It was fantastic. Don't know how I treated my gut afterwards, really, but I mean, I I felt fine. So, um, yeah, man. not abusable. It'll be fun. Good stuff. 
Um, well, that's a, that is our Everybody Eats segment sponsored by Postania Cigars. If you always make sure that your servant style is bigger than your appetite, everybody will always get theirs from Postania Cigars. It's more than just great cigars made by cool people. They embody an attitude of gratitude and grit. With Postania, everybody eats. Well, uh, on to our next segment, gentlemen. This is our asylum moment. Refuge is more than just a physical place. It can be a state of mind. Some of life's greatest reflections can be found in our own personal asylum. Moments like these were made for asylum cigars. Light up an asylum and choose your refuge. So, gentlemen, we are celebrating my birthday tonight. So, um, you know, this uh, this next question is about birthday cigars, cigars that you've smoked on your birthday. Maybe you were alone. Maybe you weren't. I know this is, segment is normally about smoking a cigar alone i have my cigar selected for my birthday it's going to be the spc 22 but what's a cigar that you really that you remember that you really enjoyed smoking on your birthday i smoke the same cigar on my birthday every year um drone idiot so um it's one of those like look it's my favorite for drone um but I could, I, I purposely only smoke that cigar birthday. If I can find a place during like Christmas holidays, you know, Christmas Eve or something like that, or, you know, some celebratory, I guess, if you will. Um, so every, every birthday. So on my birthday, I will smoke a, an 80th Padron. Nice. I wish I went first. <laughs> um, for me, it's actually the Millennium. Ah, yeah. Davidoff, the Davidoff Millennium, Padron Millennium, the Padron. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, and, and I, by the way, shout out to Mister Mike. He gave me one, and I still ha- I haven't I have not smoked it yet. I I I keep I reference people are like because they'll see my humidor and they're like, "What's your favorite? Whatever? What's your?" I go, "I can tell you what my most expensive cigar in there." is the Padron Millennium. And I still have the one you gave me and I haven't smoked it yet. You got to smoke that on your birthday on the 50th. Maybe I will this year. Yeah. Maybe I'll, that's what I'll do. Maybe I'll change it up this year. I'll smoke that. Yeah. Uh, damn, man. That's, you know, that cigar, the, that oh, somebody gave me the first one I ever had. Uh, his name was Aaron Eckhart. He's, I don't think he's in the industry anymore, but he was a sweetheart of a guy. And it was, he gave it to me when my kid was born and I smoked it. And I was like, holy shit. And then I smoked a few others for my birthday. And um, yeah, it's, that's for me, that's a fucking amazing cigar. And uh, I took when we sold out of them at the store, I took the humidor home and I take everything out of the cello and I make sure that they're all in the humidor because it's extremely cedary to try and get some more of the, that flavor profile into the cigars that are sitting in my in my humidor. They don't stay there long enough because I smoke all of them. But that cigar, I think it was fucking amazing. You know, a distant second is the is the 50th Maduro Toro. Toro. I think that that one's really good, too. So I'll smoke that. Yeah, I'll smoke that. Um, you'll, you know, you there are some similarities in the profiles for sure. But if, uh, you know, if I'm having the, if I got a case of the fuckets, I will grab one of those and bring it home and say, I'm smoking this tonight. Whatever. I've never yeah. had the Millennium. The 46 Maduro is still my favorite Padron by far. Really? Yeah. yeah. I, wish I, had, I wish I knew that when I had them. I would have happily sent you one, dude. Well, thanks, Mark. I appreciate it. Uh, I would, I, unlike Aaron, I would have smoked it. So 
As says the man who's got the SBC from July. I wanted something special for tonight, Mike, because I knew I was going to have you on sometime in the next couple of months. So, um, you know, and you went you went to great lengths. You and your brother went to great lengths to get that to me. So, man, it means a lot to me. Oh, my God. I didn't want to. I didn't want to just light it up on a Tuesday. I'm going to light. I'm going to light it up on a Thursday for my birthday. <laughs> listen, listen, light it up on a Tuesday because Wednesday's not guaranteed, bro. Amen, brother. Fair point. It says, it says the guy that's been sitting on the millennium for two, like year and a half now, or two years. <laughs> well, you've been waiting on this for the 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 the, the age of fifty. So there you Good go. Point. All right, two more segments, gentlemen, and we can cap this. Uh, we can cap this meeting uh, and show a wrap here. But uh, this is this or that, which of course is just a rapid fire segment. I give you a choice of two things, and you just pick one or the other. So f- uh, for your birthday. Is it cake or is it another type of dessert? Aaron. That's a tough one. Um, I'm a sucker for, okay. So I love caramel, chocolate, and peanut butter. And Baskin Robbins has a chocolate caramel peanut butter pie but it's ice cream it's an ice cream pie like literally i will fucking just destroy that thing but my wife makes a good chocolate cake sorry barrett can't share that with you because you're allergic but it's all right i'll uh it's gotta be a good cake i'll have to go the other i'll go like the ice cream pie because she can make me a carrot cake when i get up to chicago (laughs) or rock but a list of people to kill what's that and a list of people to kill. <laughs> right. I got a problem with you people. Oh shit. So I'll say the other. I'll go. I'm gonna go other pie. Pie. Other. Okay. Mike. I don't know if this qualifies, but it's ice cream cake. I love ice cream cake. Yeah. So yeah, I, yeah, say, I think you know, yeah, it falls in the other category, I think. I don't think it's cake. Mine's it's a cake. Like, I didn't know if mine was a pie or cake. It's ice cream. Same exact same thing. Yeah. yeah so so um there was one year somebody else was trying to get the cake for my wife and they said, Oh, what does she like? I was like, Oh, she loves ice cream cake. I'm like, wow, I've never heard that before. So, so they got the ice cream cake and she's like, yeah, I don't really like ice cream cake. <laughs> so Savage man. Yes. What are you going there? I well, I like I said, I have carrot cake every year on my birthday. I think, I think of I'm a traditionalist as a lot of people know. So I, I do it, but I, uh, I, outside of that, I'm normally just not a cake person. It doesn't really, it doesn't really get me going because mostly because it's just ch- desserts in general are very, you know, I have a love hate relationship with them mostly because I don't have a sweet tooth like you, Aaron. But I also there's not many that I can have because people love to fucking put chocolate on everything. Cheesecake, like cheesecake's not even safe anymore in a restaurant because they'll fucking drizzle Hershey's all over that shit. Like, oh god damn it! Well, I'm out. Thank you. Appreciate it. Like, oh, it's a garnish. Well, I still can't eat it. Thank you very much. Um, so it's desserts in general, but I love my my mother makes a, a brilliant peach cobbler that I still to this day will eat. I'll eat that hot. I will eat it cold. I will eat it room temperature. I fucking love her peach cobbler. It's it's amazing. Uh, and if she made that for my birthday, I wouldn't I would not I would not be disappointed for sure. So, um, but overall, I'm a traditionalist. I'm going to have my carrot cake. And apparently, you know, I'm a you know, serial killer, according to Mike. So, 
so on the subject of cereal, the next question is cereal with or without marshmallows. With. I'll, I'll bring in bring in bowl. I with, you know what? Um, definitely with, but I don't have. I I mean I'm a cereal junkie. I mean it's so bad. Fuck. I mean it's so bad for you, but. I mean, which That's ones are you Mike going with? Well, right, but which ones are you going like, um, like, does Count Chocula maybe have marshmallows in it? Which which ones are you going with the marshmallows? Count Chocula has marshmallows. Lucky Charms, obviously. Lucky yeah. Charms. Love you know, you, Lucky you Charms. the rainbow with Lucky Charms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We used to, at college, uh, dorm freshman year cafeteria had like, I just crunch berries. Oh, Captain Crunch, the crunch berries. Oh, yeah. You're sure, but oh, just devour it. I will destroy any kind of Captain Crunch. Man, the classic crunch berries, peanut butter, fuck it. Doesn't matter. So good. Yeah, I've, I had to stay away from cereal, man. It got me into trouble. I ate it all the time, man. I went through boxes of it. It's the same reason why I got rid of peanut butter out of my life. Just too addicted to it, man. Just fucking love it. Yeah, I say so, what? The organic? Peanut butter at Costco. Try that shit out, dude. Yeah, I can't, man. Out. I can't. I haven't. I haven't had peanut butter. I haven't had peanut butter in six years, seven years. Coming up on seven years. Yeah, I ate too much of it, dude. Too much. Just absolute. Just yeah. No self control whatsoever when it came to peanut butter. Terrible. You're all this. You don't eat. I love Brussels sprouts. I'm not eating peanut butter. I can't have chocolate. Fuck, bro. No. Dude. I just, man, I was going through, I was going through jars, like you don't understand, jars a week, plural. Oh, that's, that's, that's a problem. It's a problem. <laughs> so, uh, to onto cigars. Uh, between these two vitolas, a Corona or a Churchill, what are we smoking? That's not a question. Oh, Corona. Yeah, obviously. Get too bored with the Churchill? What's what? What's the what's the what's the hate on the Churchill for? Flavor profile is going to be better on the fucking um with that with a smaller gauge. Although if you look at cigar aficionado, I mean they were all over the Churchill this last year, but uh, I'm I'm going Corona. I think I think the flavor profile. I think um. I I think too the Churchill, especially not all, of course. Everyone's going to say, "Well, have you tried this?" But the, it gets very muddled, especially that that back half of those Churchills. Corona, you know, the Coronas, you can smoke them down to the nub. The Churchill, to me, gets muddled towards the set back half. Yeah, and if you really want to smoke another Corona, you can just smoke another Corona, right? But if you're committed to that Churchill and you got to give it up halfway, mm, no bueno. I think Churchill's a very underrated size. I, I do prefer the Corona, though, but uh, for sure. So it's funny that uh, Aaron mentioned Cigar Aficionado. That's the next question. So prediction for the number one cigar of the year for Cigar Aficionado. Are, is it going to be a Cuban or non-Cuban? Like it's been the last was, It was Cuban last year. They never do Cubans back to back. I think it's a great question. So let's go. Let's not even let's go deeper. Do you guys have a prediction of a cigar or a couple you think might be, or are you, are we just keeping, I'm going to, I'm going to throw out a couple suggestions, but we can keep it. I, I think it's going to be non-Cuban. They're not going back to back Cubans. Right. Well, Padron hits top five. Rocky hits top five. 
um, LFD. Well, so Mike, on that note, I think they're like dying to give Rocky a cigar of the year, but I don't think he's got anything. That's, I mean, that that ALR second editions ranked really high right now, yeah. but I don't think that's not going to be a cigar of the year. I've got I've got three, knowing in, in prelude to this comp, this question. So here's my early in the door possible top three. I I just smoked it. Kind of feels like it could be to me the my father hundred year annos. Could be maybe the Monte Cristo, the 1935, uh, the Diamante. Yeah. I think that could be. And then it, for some reason it feels like it could be an Opus year. Yeah, I think it's going to be a Fuente. I think it like maybe like the, the double Chateau or I don't know, the Opus Opus or something. It, it feels like it could be a Fuente year. Yeah, we have. It's been a little bit since the Eye of the Shark dropped. So, um, yeah, it's probably gonna be a fun take. Those are those are my three early. They liked the the original thirty five. I think it was number two or three two years ago. Um, the Diamante fits what they're kind of, but I could be that my father. That Anos is damn good, but so probably won't be for number one. But I, that Anos is really good. I I think that's gonna be high up, and it's gonna be you know my father's gonna be on the list anyway. So you gotta pick one from the my father. I think. Those are my three that I have right now in my could be cigar of the year, but I say definitely non Cuban. I like that Diamante pick. I think that's a good one. But I mean, that Hundred Nanos from my father's best fucking cigar he's ever made. Agreed. I'll fucking, I'll fucking say it. That thing is that thing's immaculate. It's amazing. So, um, all right, moving on to some food here: Cheez Its or Goldfish. Hmm. Or back cheese it, I should say. Cheese it's okay. Cheese it's cheesier. Now, I'll, you know what's funny? So, Mike, back to my wife's, uh, you know, whole gut back here tries trying to get my kids to eat healthier. So she goes to Aldi and gets the organic cheese it's and then dumps them into the box of what the, my kids think are the normal. <laughs> They caught her and now they won't eat the or they're like and they didn't even know it for like six months. And she's like, see, I told you guys wouldn't even know the difference. And as soon as they found there's a difference, they won't eat them now anymore. So I like the cheese it's because you get the you get more cheese residue on your fingers than you do the uh, goldfish. Mm-hmm. A little salty. Um, are you guys familiar with the spice blend Danos? He's all over like yeah. social media and stuff. Mm-hmm. So he has this Cheez-Its recipe where he takes cheddar, like cheddar cheese, and he like makes little squares out of them. And then he like slow bakes it for a really long time and basically creates his own Cheez-Its with Dano's seasoned on it. It's I tried it. It's so good. It's crazy. It works. It's nuts. Um, so back to candy. So candy bars or loose candy, like M&M, Skittles, Percy's Kisses, things that are individually wrapped or packaged or eaten individually. Mm. I'll go uh, bars. I mean, I'm, I'm a fucking sugar haul. Not, it's too much time. Like, I, you know, like Reese's peanut. I, I don't want to take all the wrappers off all the time, one after another. It's just too much manual work. Give so me the Reese's bars. Like, for me. I know. I, I'm a, I love fucking peanut M&M's. I mean, I like it all, all candy, but I love peanut M&M's. So I go to Costco and get the big jar and I scoop my hand in there with the peanut M&M's, but I'll go, I'll go bar just because it's less work. 
Yeah, I think that I'm going to, I go pieces um, in general. More peanut M&Ms or, you know, I do like having uh, like Hershey Kisses here. I, you know, because for one, I won't eat a ton of it. Which is helpful, you know, for the same reason as to why you hate it is the same reason. Why it makes <laughs> oh, don't, don't get me wrong. If it's, it's in front of me, I'll, 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 I'll fucking start unwrapping this shit. I don't care. Uh, you know, the other thing that I like to do with my with my kids before I leave, if I'm gone for three or four days or whatever, I leave kisses for every single day. So I like to make sure that they're kind of in the house all the time. Or if they're not, I, I re-up them and then I, you know, spread them out for them. So that's cool. That's really cool. Uh, bath or shower? Who the fuck has time for a bath? I'm not sitting in my own filth. You're sitting in your own fucking shit. No way. Fucking shower. Opportunity to smoke a cigar. I mean, shit. It's not the worst thing in the world. You ever bathe and you've you've bathed and smoked a cigar? Yes. Like I've been in a, I've been in a hot tub and have a cigar, but I've never to Mike's point, like I don't have fucking an hour to sit in a bathtub and smoke a cigar. My luck, I'll ash in the fucking tub. Then oh, yeah. I got just all over you know. Fucking have you ever showered with a cigar? That's just stupid, Aaron. No. Right. <laughs> there you go. So fucking shower. Because the You're... water's coming down. It's gonna get all over your cigar and it's gonna get all wet and everything. That's no. Come on, man. Wet. Pub, no, I'm not sitting in my own filth. No way, shower. Sitting yeah. in your own filth. Take a shower, then take a bath. My God, my gosh, I didn't think that was going to be the most polarizing question tonight. Jesus. Um, last question of this or that. Uh, when it comes to school, history or math? Ooh, that's kind of a tough one, man. Everybody knows my choice, so or should. I would have to say history. Same. Awesome. Yeah. You, got, you guys picked the right one. It's good stuff. Awesome. Well, gentlemen, that will leave us to the last question of the evening. Thank you so much for participating. But just for kicks, it is our curveball segment. And there's actually three questions to our curveball segment. So, uh, But they're all related. And it is, of course, our Dunbar Tobacco and Trust curveball segment. Fastballs or curveballs, it doesn't matter since the company's inception. Steve Sock has been knocking them out of the park eight consecutive years. Count them up. Yes, eight consecutive years in the consensus top three can. Congratulations to our good friend, Mr. Steve Saka, who would have been here tonight if it hadn't been for scheduling conflict. Mike still would have been on the show, but yes, Aaron would have been, you know, probably left off. So I probably would have had him anyway. So anyway, gentlemen, thank you so much for being a part of my birthday show. Uh, So here is our curveball question. It's a three-parter. Okay. If someone wheeled a big birthday cake into the middle of your birthday party, would people jump out of you know the big birthday cakes where people jump out of who would you love most jump to jump out of the cake least to love out of the cake or the most and the most likely person to jump out of the cake so who would you most love to come out of the cake least love to come out of the cake and who is most likely to jump out of the cake at your own birthday party Aaron are you what are, you, what are we doing <laughs> Yeah, oh, you, Mike. All right. Well, the first one would be my father. I'd love to. I'd just love to see him again. So uh, that would be the person to jump out of the cake that I'd love to see. Um. Uh, as far as least, 
I mean, I can I can think of specific retailers that I fucking hate that I would would not want to see, and if they jumped out of the cake, um, I wouldn't be at all happy to see them. Maybe I would be happy to see them if I killed them, but you know, um, <laughs> the world would be a better place without them. Let's be honest. Barry can kill them. Yeah, Barry lays up a serial killer. Yeah. <laughs> I like how you, do, you know what's even scarier about this is now that you've been downplaying it, it worries me even more. Like, yeah, you know, because I'm a serial killer. So, <laughs> um, most likely to pop out of the I just cake. never had the correlation between carrot cake and serial killer before. So I'm just I'm still shocked and appalled over here. Uh then I love Brussels sprouts. I mean, I don't <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you ate, you ate peanut butter by the jar. Yeah, <laughs> for, I did. You know, man. I mean, there. What was the favorite thing to have peanut listen, butter on? A spoon. <laughs> That's exactly so, what my answer was. Listen, a lot of your eating habits at this point correlate with someone that may or may not have a certain set of special skills. <laughs> you know, that's all I'm saying. Um, most likely, would probably be one of my idiot friends, Palmer. Right? Come on, just say, it. just fucking Palmer. say it. Yeah. He yeah. would totally do it. Yeah. Yes. I figured so. Palmer was either going to be the, the person you would least want to see and or the and and the most likely. He would I thought he was going to go back to back for you. Right. We love we love Palmer. Shout out to Palmer. Uh yeah. all right, Aaron. Most uh you would most want to see jump out of the cake. Who's who's jumping out of the cake and you would love to see him? I don't even know. Uh, uh, oh, jeez. Well, least likely to jump out of a cake is my dad. I was gonna say. I was hoping you'd see your dad. He's not jumping out of a fucking cake. I can tell you that. Uh, he, least likely, he would not jump out of a cake. Uh, most like to see. Um. Gosh. Wouldn't you love to see your dad since he said he wouldn't do it? <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, fuck, who would I? Well, most likely to, I, I'll probably have to steal Mike's answer. Probably one of my idiot friends would jump out of a cake, but it'd be like, dude, what the fuck are you doing in a cake? Right. Um, who would I least like to see? That's somebody like, I just, I don't know, right? like an ex boss or somebody that I don't want to fucking be, you know, somebody that, that not bunny. Or... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There you go. Least like to see him. I'd least like to see the former drummer chief trick jump out of a cake. There you go. There you go. Yeah. I know I put that in your head, but I thought that might be your answer. Oh man. Good stuff. I, I think I'd love to see my kid. I think I'd see. I'd love to see my kids do it because I know they would do it, and I think they'd have so much fun with it. I'd love to see them jump out of the cake. Uh, uh, least love to see jump out of the cake. Uh, yeah, I could think of some people too. <laughs> I, yeah, uh, I got a couple. Yeah, probably probably some ex girlfriends maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Coop jumping out of a cake. I don't know if I would love that or hate that. I'm not sure. I, I don't know. I was, thinking, I was thinking of a guy that Coop would not want to see jump out of a cake, which I think we could probably guess who that would be, but we'll 
we won't name names. I I mean I definitely don't want Chevy Chase jumping out of that motherfucking cake. So that, I was gonna that, say I, that's what I was gonna pick for you, Chevy Chase. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, Gabe Kapler for Coop jumping out of a cake for him. God, that would oh god, that would be the best fucking birthday present ever for him. Will birthday cake in the middle of Coop's birthday party, and Gabe Kapler pops out. Just like we'd lie to Gabe Kapler, just like hey, he's like your dude. He's like your number one fan. Just have him jump out. That'd be fucking great. I wonder if he's on. Um, I, I, I always, I haven't looked in a while, but on that, um, what is that where you can go and they record something for you? My dad's on it. You Venmo, can pay him, like, or not Venmo? What the fuck? Cameo, 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 cameo. See if Kapler's on cameo or something we could do for Coop. That'd be funny. God, that'd be funny. Um, who'd be the least likely to jump out of a cake? I, I mean, I think that kind of goes to Coop. Um per se but yeah my dad probably would never have done it uh yeah probably my dad probably least likely to do it probably get someone else to do it but uh but yeah i i just thought i thought that would be a fun curveball question for you guys and stuff so um but guys i really appreciate this uh it's been a tremendous show thank you so much for the time the opportunity as always I really do consider both of you very dear friends. So it means a lot to me that for you guys to give up your Sunday night and celebrate my 40th birthday a little early with me and, and, and much to, to, to Steve Saka sugar and celebrate the birthday at all because birthday shouldn't be celebrated, but uh, we do miss Steve uh, this year, but uh, we'll have him on later next month. So that'll be exciting. And I can maybe just celebrate my birthday a month late just to piss him off. Uh, I'll bring cake. It'll be fun. Uh, but uh, guys, thank you again. It really means a lot to me uh, to have my, I have a lot of friends in this industry and, and you guys are certainly among them. And, and it really, it, uh, I'm really honored. Uh, and it means a lot to me for you guys to spend your time with me. So thank you guys for joining me. Thanks for having us, dude. And happy birthday, bro. Yeah. Our pleasure. Happy <laughs> early birthday. Yeah, Aaron's ready to go to bed. So everyone out there, we no, do appreciate all those. <laughs> We do appreciate all those likes, shares, and comments. Keep them coming. As always, if you're taking it in our YouTube channel, it is LLC Fumar. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Uh, always, we're, we broadcast every Sunday night from Facebook Live at 930 Central, 1030 Eastern. So you can check out next uh, next week's show at that time. We've got a great lineup of guests. Uh, we've got Nick, Nick Melillo coming up next week. So that'll be fun. Foundation Cigar Company. And uh, some great guests coming up, including Mr. Steve Saka later next month as well. We'll also be celebrating our sixth, yes, counted up, sixth anniversary. We'll also be celebrating next next month as well. We'll be doing that. We'll have a great show for you guys. And if you are listening to us later, wherever you listen to podcasts, whether that be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, or wherever you listen to podcasts, including iHeartRadio, don't forget to hit the download, subscribe, and review button. And if you are a subscriber, do me a favor, hit unsubscribe. But don't forget to hit resubscribe because that helps my numbers. And maybe one of these days I'll actually compete with Cigar Hustler Podcast on Podbean. Probably not. But everybody has Good a luck. dream. Everybody has a dream. And mine's just going to be crushed. It's fine. It's fine, everybody. It's fine. It's totally fine. Happy birthday to me. Yes, 40 years old. 40 rotations around the sun. It's been a fantastic 40 years. I can't wait to see what the next 40 is going to bring when it has uh, great friends already like you in it. So without further ado, everybody. It is my pleasure. This is our 200, yes, count it up, 268th take live from the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studio of Azel, Texas. Guess what, everybody? We'll see you next time.